0: Like a phoenix finally awoken from the ashes of silent despair, the Age of Remix dawns anew once more to be a beacon of hope and a guiding light. At last return the once of future kings of mechanics, the second coming of game design. Games journalism falls apart, their worthlessness is loosed upon the world. And spitball sessions, its, it's hour of glory, glory again at hand, revives in, in splendor, game again to its ultimate, universe, ultimate, universe, ultimate, universe, ultimate transcendence. transcendence. back to the spitball sessions the once and future game of the year podcast where i know it's been a long time i know there's been a lot of broken hearts out there especially mine especially yours but ladies and gentlemen we're finally finally back with our game of the year stuff i'm joined by my longtime friend as well as the spitball sessions webmaster luke luke how has things been going with you flammable Flammable, excellent. That's what we want to hear, I guess, question mark. Uh, So, most of you know what uh, Spitfall Sessions is all about. And I should point out that I am also the wrestling correspondent, but I am not going to be doing my wrestling catchphrase right now. We'll come back to that later in the show. But for now, uh, we're going to be doing our Game of the Year stuff, because it's been so long and we haven't really been able to get it done. And, uh, you know, I really just, even though we haven't really been able to podcast this year since... Both Luke and I have an extremely busy.
1: Extremely busy. Yeah.
0: I still wanted to get together for, um, you know, to do our Game of the Year because I think, you know, the two of us both agree that uh, Game of the Year stuff is really, you know, is, I don't want to say really important, but it's at least important to us.
1: Yes, that's definitely true. Um, this has been a very interesting year for video games. We've seen a lot of stuff that we like uh, and we, stuff that we want to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah, I th- I
0: think I was originally going to say that I thought that like this year has been maybe one of the best in the, in the last decade. But the more I look back on it, I'm not so sure that's true. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit too, I think, as we go uh, through these things. So uh, Luke, would you like to kick us off with the first category in our serious awards?
1: All right. Well, the first category is best non-game thing. Yes, we're starting it out strong here with things that aren't actually games.
0: That's true, but they're bigger than games, which I think is a good way, place to start.
1: Absolutely.
0: So I'm going to start with my with with what I think. Okay, so we should probably establish the rules. Uh, we've had we have you know somewhere between three and five things. We'd like to get it down to one and maybe a runner up if uh, if we feel that it's worth it. But basically, our top one and then and then maybe a runner up. Uh, so for this one, we have four. I have uh, more subscription based gaming services. Uh, Incentivize Sandbox, Kotaku's Crumble, question mark, and then we also have a Dwarf Fortress coming to Steam, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark.
1: Because as we all know, Dwarf Fortress is the best non-game game out there.
0: <laughs> that is very true. Uh, I'm going to take Kotaku's Crumble right off the list. I'm just going to say uh, they're they are starting to have some problems. A bunch of people got fired for being idiots. Or not fired, but laid off. And it looks like the whole site may be uh, running into trouble again along the uh, Gawker lines. And I think with the amount of damage that they have done to the gaming over the last five or ten years, that's probably uh long time coming, but probably well-deserved. You know, obviously you don't want to see people fired, but, uh, you know, the institution itself has really done a lot of damage.
1: Any Kotaku fans out there, we're sorry, but we're not. We aren't.
0: I was going to say, any Kotaku fans out there probably aren't listening to us. That is true. Very good
1: point. So we're not really Would you like sorry. to handle uh, Dwarf Fortress? Okay, well, uh, I mean, this is a big, kind of a big deal for me. I mean, uh, Dwarf Fortress is, it's not exactly a game. It's a simulation. I think we've spoken uh, to great detail about what Dwarf Fortress is in previous podcasts. If true. you haven't heard those, we really recommend you go back and and listen to it. And check out Dwarf Fortress. If you're into... Heavy duty game simulation or fantasy worlds or heavy duty either both of those Dwarf Fortress might be right up your alley. Uh,
0: and you have been an evangelist for Dwarf Fortress for a very very long time, like probably ten or twelve years.
1: Oh yeah, it should really be on the top of my list of games I don't. Uh, I really love not playing, but it is a fantastic game. It it's a lot of fun. Uh, non game. It really isn't actually a game. I, I I can agree to that. But it's still a I, lot I think of fun. It's- it's somewhere. I think it is.
0: Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's definitely a video game. It's just, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely more of a sandbox. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of and speaking of sandboxes, I think this is the first year we've seen incentivized sandboxes. And in what you know, we've talked what five, six times over the course of this thing about how I really wish I could like games like Minecraft. Oh yeah. And. And I think, and I mean, we're, we're going to be talking about this game a lot, so I'm not going to say too much right now, but, you know, I think that the, the Dragon Quest Builders 2 uh, was, was the first one that I really noticed, but then I was also playing um, Crackdown 3 and noticed the same thing, that they finally started giving you more sandbox worlds, but then giving you little tiny incentives along the way to still give you... You know, point you at interesting things to do along the way.
1: Yeah, and I think that's so crucial to to the sandbox mechanic because just being a, a able to uh, build it, it can be really good for m- some people, but a lot of the time it just leaves you with this world that's expecting everything from you and doesn't actually give you anything back.
0: Absolutely, I think I think that's a major uh, a major advantage. And then I'm going to say that the last one and for. For me, this is probably the biggest one, but I, I will uh defer to you on if you have some if you really are gonna push. But uh more subscription based gaming services. And this is really interesting because a lot of people are really, really mad about this. But um, Well, I,
1: I it, it really depends. I I mean there's mm-hmm. there's two sides to this. I mean, subscriptions in games, for instance, the the, the Fallout <laughs> Fallout would definitely not not be what you're talking about i hope where you can pay for a subscription for additional services is that correct that's, oh that's not Oh, what you're oh good point
0: about. no no I'm, I'm not talking about that i'm not really even talking about like um like season passes i'm not a huge fan of though no some people love them uh no i'm talking about things like the uh, the humble monthly the uh, origin access the microsoft uh game pass so what you're talking uh,
1: about is uh game providers, producers, and platforms providing a a monthly subscription where you have access to a large number of games that you can download and play at will without having to buy the game itself.
0: Right. Basically Netflix, but for video games. Which is actually a
1: great idea, and I'm surprised that no one's done it uh, more often. I guess it's a bit of a uh, uh, touchy area.
0: You need a catalog that can allow you to do it. Um, Agreed. For instance... For instance, Ubisoft started doing it uh, about about six months ago, but they're charging triple what any other any other company that does it is doing. Well, they're, it's one and a half times what Humble Monthly is charging, but Humble Monthly gives you all the games. But Microsoft's is $5, and Origin is $6, and the Ubisoft one is 15 And while I think that Ubisoft makes great games, don't get me wrong, their games are not three times as good as, as the, the ones on Xbox or the ones on Origin. So... You know, it's definitely a case of you've got to get the pricing right. you got to get the library right.
1: But And you, you can kind of see the, the uh, how bad that can be with the, the new service Stadia that came out by Google, where it's yeah. also expensive. And because it's a streaming-based game service where you don't actually physically have the game on a hard drive, you just have it streamed directly to your television, uh, and the performance is not always there. Um.
0: Yeah, and and that was the same problem that OnLive had a few years ago, and they really kind of screwed the pooch with with OnLive. Yeah, I don't think. And Stadia is getting some really bad reviews just in general, so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that.
1: That's definitely people, something I want to revisit and talk about. I might yeah. go as far as to pick up a month's subscription, try this service out because it's something I'm interested in, and I am a fan of Google, um, Google services, so it's something that I want to at least try out and maybe something I can but, report back on.
0: But don't forget, you have to pay the $130 up front to, to even sign up for the thing.
1: Uh, that's for the founder bundle. We'll see how that works out. Oh, okay. I I, I, I don't know. The, I'm going to see what where, It'll be something to look into down the road, and when they've got no. something that'll actually be a little more financially viable. I mean, if it comes down to, wow, this is really expensive and I can't even get it, then that's going to be my report. It's too expensive to even bother getting. Fair enough. Uh, but I, I think
0: the big uh, the big controversy with a lot of people is that um, the concern that, you know, if you don't own the things, then they can take it away from you, which is true. I mean, uh, you know, the Xbox One cycles games in and out every, you know, they, they remove them every six to eight months, which... You know me, Luke. I am a notorious dabbler in games, much more so than I am somebody who plays. Much much more than
1: I am. I'm a notorious dabbler. I just finished a game today, and it's probably. We were joking about the fact that it's probably the third game I've finished ever in my life. That's probably
0: true. It's
1: probably true. I mean, we're both notorious dabblers, but between the two of us, you are far more notorious. How many games do you have in your Steam library right now? yeah well the better question is how many games have
0: i paid way too much money for and then played half an hour of
1: right so for me being able like for me
0: the xbox pass is great because it's five dollars a month and i can you know and if i'm playing more than more than say three hours of of anything on there that month i've more than made my monies back um and and the great thing is like even if the stuff does come out of library you can still buy it i mean you're still paying you know you're still paying regular retail price but at least then you know you know you or want Or in some it.
1: cases with the smarter ones, I've often seen that if you have the subscription, you get, like the Humble store, if you have the Humble monthly, yeah. they give you a pretty significant discount on top of their their store prices. So, well, um, right.
0: I mean, the, the, the Microsoft subscription is like 20% off,
1: but you're still paying like, whoops, you're paying almost retail price. Almost retail, but i mean it 's still something right and and ultimately yeah, yeah. that 's what it is with a, that kind of subscription is you 're not buying the games you 're paying for the ability to have access to the latest and greatest when it comes out yeah. as long and, as and for, the supplier and, has the latest and greatest available to you and and,
0: and for you know for five or ten dollars a month, it is worth it f- for me to keep up with and i and I understand people who don 't, but for me it 's really valuable, and i I welcome. You know, I'd, I'd kill if Steam started a subscription, but I'm sure that they would charge far more than I, I could afford for access to their entire library.
1: I'm going to say one thing really quick about this uh, before we move yeah. on. Um, the 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 issue that I have, and the reason I don't have any uh, of the subscription-based services is uh, besides the fact that I, I do naturally have an aversion to any kind of subscription services, the only yep. one that I've ever gotten was uh, Dollar Shave Club, and that's just... I, I don't even know why i got that i i tend to Fair avoid enough. them because i always feel like at some point i'll be billed for it and i'm not using it anymore and forget um i have i have that problem too and that's kind of what they're ho- counting on Oh, as, sorry go ahead as often as you've told me how good the service is as soon as i go up and i look at the games i immediately like talk myself out of actually signing up for the service which is kind of weird yeah i mean well they, they are
0: it's kind of like gym membership they're counting on you not using as much as you're paying
1: for yeah, yeah. exactly
0: but you know, it for me, it's like I I have budgeted X amount of money that I can use for subscriptions every month, and if I'm under that, you know, I I, I cycle in and out of you know books and 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 Crunchyroll subscriptions and all those sort of things for a similar reason.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, I guess we gotta figure out which one's the top of the tier for this uh, best non-game thing. Well, like I'm
0: sort of leaning towards subscription based gaming services, but it sounds like you're not as big of a fan of that.
1: No, uh, ultimately, I'm not. Um, my pri the primary downside and the reason I would argue against it is it you're seems it. too much like a cash grab for the companies that are doing it, and and uh, we've been seeing a lot of um business like behavior that has been very cash grabby by the major uh, AAA developers. <laughs> Which well, kind of turns me uh, off the entire idea because I don't know. It, all it was, right, let,
0: me, let let me meet you halfway on this. If it is used for good, it is the best thing that will hap- that that will have happened this year. If it is not used for good and it absolutely could be used for evil, it will be the worst thing that has happened this year.
1: That is true, it, so and I guess it b- really. How about de- we go with? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's your turn.
0: I was going to say. So how about, so in that in that light, I think maybe. Uh incentivized sandboxes is, is certainly a less um good slash bad uh thing
1: less risk less reward
0: well, no, I think it's just more like it's a it's a good thing all around
1: no, that's true because i mean y- you it it's just uh rewarding um rewarding playing a better it's essentially turning a game mechanic that didn't provide a proper reward when you played. Other than your own yeah. uh, happiness in whatever you create, and uh, adds yeah. an extra layer of appreciation to that, which I agree is a good thing.
0: All right, so we'll call that uh, our our best non-game thing. We've already spent about what twenty minutes doing this. Oh, Fifteen yeah. minutes. Fifteen minutes. <laughs> this is gonna be a long you? Um But yeah, so we'll call it, we'll call it incentivized sandboxes our best thing of the year. I'll move that to the top of our list,
1: followed closely by subscription based services.
0: Followed closely if they are used for good and not for evil. Okay. So I uh, will put a little star next to that. So what's
1: what's the next category?
0: So the next category, and this is, I think, all mine, unless you have one you want to throw in at the last minute. Uh, biggest surprise. Uh, and, oh, I should point out as well, we may not have mentioned this at the top. Um, because Luke and I are not professional game reviewers and are not professional really um, at least when it comes to video games, uh, we are including we, – we're basically going from fourth quarter of last year to the end of the third quarter of this year. So basically anything that came out from October of last year till we record uh, on Thanksgiving.
1: And I would like to just throw on top of that um, any uh, self-imposed rule that uh, Josh provided I completely ignored. <laughs> So, well that's fair if but, i'm off if i'm off the rule base that's why
0: that's fine but i mean i, I have a couple that i've extended back to count from uh, uh, uh november of last year so i just wanted to tell people that uh so my first biggest surprise was uh taiko no tatsujin which is that uh drumming game for the switch uh, oh yeah forza forza horizon 4 muse dash crackdown 3 and mega aquarium do you have anything
1: else you'd like to throw in uh, yeah, I'd like to throw in um uh escaped me. I uh, sorry, uh, Dragon Quest Builders too. Okay, that's that's probably fair. Yeah, as um uh, I just finished that and I definitely found the end of that game rather surprising.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm act I'm just gonna say Muse Dash and just sort of move on. It's a great game, but it it really surprised me. I'm not sure anybody else will really get a lot out of it. Um, but I really like it. Uh, Forza Horizon Four. I don't think it's going to surprise anybody but me. But I was amazed because I've never played a Forza game before, and that I was, game was
1: I was impressed when you showed that game to me. I, I will agree with oh, that. Forza Horizon awesome. definitely um was doing a lot of stuff right.
0: Excellent. And so you liked Crackdown uh, Three. I liked it more than I expected to. I'm not sure. You know, I would. It, it is not going to be in my top game of the year, but for what I had. For what I had played of Crackdown Two, I um I was not expecting to like this one as much as I did, and and like I said, this was the one that really got started getting me to start noticing that uh uh incentivized sandboxes are a thing this year. Uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely not in you know it's it's definitely not going to win this category, but it definitely was a surprise. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Um, Mega Aquarium is also probably not probably should be my biggest surprise but it wasn't the heights that i wanted but um you and i both played big pharma yeah we also hated it we also hated it uh meg aquarium is a good game really uh and it's and it's by the guys who made big pharma
1: that is surprising
0: i know isn't it? um no it's it's not a great game but it is a re- it is a very good um small theme park game, except uh, it's an aquarium instead of like a, you know, zoo tycoon or something, but it's, it it, it is well done. Mm. Uh, and Tycoon of Tatsujin just, I enjoy that game in a really stupid way. And who would have thought that a game about drumming is good. It's also got some real problems on the switch because it, it's supposed to use the, uh, the joy cons for drumming. And that is absolutely unusable. They are not sensitive enough to
1: do. Okay, well. so that that kind of gets disqualified on that, and I'll let you talk about builders. Dragon Quest Builders. I mean, um, I played the first one, and mm-hmm. leading into uh, leading into the uh, arrival of Dragon Quest Builders two, which in and of itself being so uh, so close on the heels of the first one, uh, was a bit of a surprise. Um, yep, and. I finished the first one and really enjoyed where it went with the story. That the end game surprise, which I'm totally not going to spoil. If you haven't played the first Dragon Quest Builders, you totally should play it just to get to the end of the game, just to just to f- experience the story. And then they put the whole concept on on its ear, and instead of just having this major twist at the end that you don't even see coming. In Dragon Quest Builders two, they tell you exactly what they're going to do, and they they do it in such a novel and amusing way. It 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 blew me away. I found it extremely surprising how so quickly after the first one they were actually able to build in a sandbox game a story that's so engrossing that I, I literally agree. finished the second half of the game, probably the two fifths, the last two fifths of the game in two nights. The last two islands, yeah. Just because yeah. I, I couldn't put it down,
0: I f- I finished both of them in one night or almost in one night. I literally stayed up to like three in the morning and then realized I had about a half an hour left to go and put the game down and played it. L-
1: finished it th- that night. Um, <laughs> That's pretty much what happened with me last night. I played yeah. till midnight and realized I really had to get to bed or bad <laughs> things would be happening.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like um it sounds like this is a fight between Forza Horizon and uh, Dragon Quest Builders to me.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 leaning a little towards Dragon Quest Builders because I, I haven't played enough Forza Horizon and I might be swayed with Forza simply because there are other racing games that I know and enjoy, other other um franchises that I'm bigger fans of than the Forza line. Um I'm I I wanna say from what I played of Forza, it was a little more on the arcade side than I'm I'm a fan of, but it still played really well. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight for you me, if you really wanted Forza, but I really like me that DQB. I,
0: I, I will make, uh, two quick arguments for
1: Forza. Uh, one
0: is AI had never played any, you know, I mean, what? This is the ninth game. It's kind of hard to argue that it's a surprise for anybody but me. Uh, but that being said, um, it's right in that sweet spot between, uh, two arcade it's a little bit more serious than uh, dirt but not quite as serious as say grid so it feels a little bit it feels just loose enough that i don't ever feel out of uh that i don't feel like i'm going to just crash if i make a single mistake but it doesn't feel so tight that you know i, I don't feel like i'm in control mm. um and my other thought is it's a, it's a really great game when you, because it's not just races and you can just sort of, you know, it's a car game. It's not a racing game. And there's something about just being able to put on, say, like, Simon Garfunkel and drive a Volkswagen Beetle around for an hour or two. that's just very soothing. Um. So, yeah, so kind those of, are my two thoughts.
1: In that regard, the way you explained that kind of made me think of Test Drive Unlimited.
0: Very similar. Which, um... I would say Forza Horizon is the new test drive unlimited.
1: Oh, well that is that is um <laughs> pleasant and a bit surprising. Yeah. So uh, I still kind of say <laughs> that uh, Dragon Quest Builders I I mean I guess the big argument against it is the fact that we've both played the one before and while it was well, I don't know, it was a major improvement well, so, on on the previous one and So I, I I'm going to make
0: an argument that may, maybe this is a um I also have DQB in most improved, so maybe that's the one we should put that give it its props in.
1: Sure, yeah, let's do that. We'll okay. we'll 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 give this to Forza in favor of giving DQB a, um its its uh, just desserts somewhere else
0: in 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 most improved. Sounds good to me. So speaking of which, Luke, would you like to introduce the most improved category?
1: All right, then most improved game is. Hang on, just a
2: second.
1: We have. Two games in most improved. That would be Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening and Dragon Quest Builders Two. So you get to tell me about Link's Awakening because I have I have played the
0: Game Boy version six times. How is the Switch version?
1: I have never played Link's Awakening until I picked it up for the Switch. Mm-hmm. I will tell you now that um, by the input of my wife, who has played. The mm-hmm. uh, the game it's very true to the original game. But, it appears
0: to me just from the pictures I have seen. Oh
1: yeah, it, it is. Like to the um, point that
0: I knew ex- exactly where, like when I was seeing wor- like um, screenshots, I'm like, oh, I know exactly where that screenshot is from.
1: Right now, you take that and then you give it uh, this gorgeous look. It's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got a, like a almost like a the di- diorama toy style that Nintendo's really yeah. big into right now. And it, it really gives the appropriate feel because the original uh, game was such a small game as in like you were limited with the screen size and how big a- any dungeon room could be. They took advantage of that by choosing a graphical style that, that made that uh, and put so much detail in such a, a, a simple system. That it's absolutely gorgeous. It looks fantastically good. The controls are solid uh, and it's reasonably challenging. And uh, going through it for the first time, which uh, I mean, it's kind of sad me making this argument considering the fact that I've never played the original, but yeah. it is by far uh, the best new game that I've ever played that was ever based on an old game. You know, you play re. Um, uh, ports or remakes of games especially nintendo ones uh they tend to be much better looking but they tend to be the game rebuilt this game goes above and beyond in that they I they rebuilt everything but kept it true to the original feel of the of the previous version
0: yeah that that's that's a really good uh good argument for that actually and uh I could totally see that and just looking at it, it's one of those where if I hadn't played the original to the point that or the, the Game Boy version to the point that uh you know, I could beat it in about three and a half hours, I probably would have rushed out and bought it immediately. But it's one of those like I've played it so many times that I just wasn't sure that I was I will probably pick it up on sale, but I just I wasn't quite ready to, to pay sixty dollars for it. That was the game that I, I actually remember that game quite well, because that was the game I was playing right about the time you and I first met. And there was I remember the day that I had to go back and help my father um, fix our old house, and uh, he had something that he, I could not help him with. So I pulled out Link's Awakening and uh, beat the game while he was doing that.
1: Oh, well, yeah, that's good.
0: And, Played played through the whole thing in the in, the, in the two in the three hours that he was working. So so now um,
1: now let's let's uh, actually have you explain why you think Dragon Quest Builders Two is most improved. Now I get to hear what you feel about this game.
0: Builders One is a good game. Right. Don't get me wrong. Build, yes. Builders 1, Dragon Quest Builders is a good game. Dragon Quest Builders 2 is probably one of the best games of the last five years. Um and I, I I say that with no irony whatsoever. Um it takes all of the things that were good about Dragon Quest Builders, it takes you know getting getting to go to various places, getting to build things, getting to deal with people, getting to fulfill requests to make people happy, which are all things I really enjoy doing. And then it gives you a reason to do all of that, which is the heart system, which is every time you do something that makes people happy, they give you little hearts. And those hearts are currency, and you can trade them in for things. And that is super cool. And, you know, the big bummer about Dragon Quest Builders is, A, the story wasn't all that great, and B, when you got back to Terra Incognita, there wasn't any real reason to do anything. I agree. Builders has... Builders is a good story. It's a little it it drags in spots. the The second island is 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 a little slow, uh, and the surprise after that is very slow. But overall, it has a good it it has a good story. There's some great characters, um, and when it hits its stride, it sprints that last couple hours. Oh yeah, I absolutely. Think just like like we both said, we could not put it down because we're just like I want to finish. Um, and and prior to that, it was like I kept stop. But also like it gives you like there's reasons to not move on because you can go back to your island and make it perfect and take things apart and put things back together and rebuild everything over and over again. And you know, it's just It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I mean, yeah, like I said, the the only the only criticism I have about that game at all is that the story drags for uh, you know, about four hours in the middle, and I wish they hadn't taken me away from my from, island right as I was in the middle of building a project.
1: From from the aspect of improvement, I will have I have one Follow. knock against this game. I have another knock against okay. this game, but I'm not gonna apply it here, um, because okay. this game is like it's everywhere in our list, and there's a good reason for that. But uh, yes. I'm going to save this for an argument for, I'll save one of these for an argument for a later, later time. But as far as improvement goes, the first Dragon Quest builders, and I'm sure you will agree, had atrocious controls. They had yes. some really I don't terrible, actually remember
0: them, but sure.
1: They, they had some really trail. I just remember you complaining to me and me telling you, you need to hold off until Dragon Quest builders 2. You have to get through one or or at least try one because it was better than two as far as the controls were. And you agreed with me. I remember that. I'm pretty it's, sure I bought Builders before you did. I think that was the original Dragon Quest Builders. Possibly. That's what I meant. Maybe. I don't know. No, well, my point anyway. was specifically that um, if it wasn't you, it was another person we told to hold, off and, uh, hold out and play Dragon Quest Builders 2 because the major issue with one was the terrible controls. That yes. being said – there were still some glaring problems with the interface in Dragon Quest Builders the controls the two. controls are complicated
0: you get used to them after about 5 hours but i will say that i think the reason they are complicated is cuz it's a complicated game
1: yeah and that's that's <clears throat> the that's the big thing is 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 my question is or, or what i'm sitting here thinking is with builders 2 being as as great a game improvement as it is did it improve those controls enough did it do enough to 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 mitigate the complications in the interface because you have to do a lot in that game there's a lot of different building uh, options lots of different tools and only so many I mean, buttons I'll,
0: i will again meet you halfway i think that they did not necessarily improve them uh but they are different and the first one wasn't very good either yeah so, uh, yes, if for the third game, if there's a third game, I hope there's a third game. Uh, I th- I think the controls would be something I'd like to see. But then again, uh, this game may be coming to the PC in a few months. And I'm wondering if with a mouse and keyboard, that game will be a lot. If that will mitigate that, a lot of that problem.
1: That is a big question to ask. I agree yeah. wholeheartedly that that is a big question to ask. So next year, we will check in on that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I guess the question is Is which one do you think is is more improved? I mean, Link's Awakening is covering a great deal of of distance from what it's improving from. Uh the original Link's Awakening was a great game limited by the device that it was made for. Um See, here's the thing. Uh, but it, I think go ahead. Okay. I think that for
0: what it was, Link's Awakening was already an incredible game. And the Switch version sounds like it does a lot of things that should be done if you're doing a remake, but it is still a remake and it's a very good remake. And they put a lot of thought and a lot of care into it, but it's still a remake. Uh, whereas Builders 2 is a whole new game out of whole new cloth that has done some incredible things.
2: Mm. And well, I think
0: it's
1: all, you could I, argue that it's also a sequel though.
0: It is a sequel, but it's an improved sequel. Whereas it Link's is. Awakening is I mean, Link's Awakening without this poor i mean i will say at one point i considered this for the most superfluous remake award this year and i don't think it is anymore but at the time i certainly thought it was because i mean link's awakening if you go back and play it is still great it's small but it's great
1: yeah but i i do believe that um because they went above and beyond what you would consider a remake considering like the HD versions of, um, Wind Waker and the HD version of Twilight Princess, which are both great. And I love both of those. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hope they do show up on the Switch because <clears> we have them on, a, on our Wii U and we're not going to play them right. much because we don't touch our Wii U. Um, ugh, such a disappointing thing. Um, but. They did more with it than just the graphical update. I mean, they made sure everything from the, was rebuilt from the ground up, and, and they did it very solidly. So they were um, – as much as I, I would say – And you, they put in the Dungeon Maker thing. And they put in the Dungeon cool. Maker thing, which I think there's been a bit of flack about. People say that it's not very solid system. But mm. I I haven't even tried it, so I can't really weigh in on that aspect. But it is additional content alongside everything what? else that they've thrown into this game.
2: Yeah, I well, feel you're, you're... like
1: if you were to go back and play the original Link Aw- Link's Awakening on a GBA. Mm-hmm. It's a G- Game Boy Advance, right? Not a Game Boy? Game Boy. It uh, is it a game, game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. Game, game Boy. Boy Color. Okay. If you were to go back and play this on a Game Boy Color... Um, you probably would realize how much nostalgia is involved in enjoying this game. Whereas the yeah. the remake, the Link's Awakening remake for the Switch, it it doesn't require nostalgia to be a good game. It's not just feeding on the nostalgia, it's it's making a good game again. And th- making well, it prob- modern.
0: But the problem is I can't divorce myself from that nostalgia and playing the new version. I mean, at some point, you're the one who has to make the call on this because you've played both games and Link's Awakening is one of my favorite games on the Game Boy. So I, that's I true. already think Link's Awakening I is think, great.
1: I think I have the unique uh, perspective of being someone who who doesn't have Hasn't? the nostalgia to cloud yeah. their judgment on that. And that's probably why you're a little leery because well, you're probably thinking, rightfully so, you know, how much of this is my nostalgia making this game awesome? And I'm going to tell you right now, stepping into this game – it's incredible it's really good
0: no i i actually have the other question which is having played the original and knowing that it was an amazing game at the time have they done enough and since i haven't played it you're saying it's amazing which is great so i'm i'm assuming it's 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 great i'm just for me the my only thought is they are adding to a game that was already great whereas i think dragon quest builders was not great it was good
1: I suppose uh-huh. you can make that argument, and I can't argue with it. So I guess the winner for Most Improved is... Both of them. <laughs> both of them. No, it's a, it's a tie. No, no, I'll give it to Builders. I think I okay. will give it to Builders, because um, you make the very good argument that despite uh, its limitations, Link's Awakening was an extremely solid game. Nintendo Absolutely. has always been good about doing absolutely amazing things with severe limitations and Link's Awakening is a great example of that so while they did great things with that it's not that much of a step up from an already awesome game whereas Dragon Quest Builders the first one it had some big flaws that had they not dealt with them in the sequel I probably would never have bought the game
0: absolutely I I would not have bought the game and was actually very leery of buying the game until I played it right um I mean, if I if I had not played that game, I would not have bought it. And the fact that I played it for five and a half hours, and could not stop playing it, was a pretty good sign to me that it was it was improved. I then played eighty seven hours over the next three weeks, <laughs> despite despite working fifty hours a week.
1: Well, that means which, you
0: liked it. Which, if I'm being honest, there may be some uh, overlap between those two, but.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay, Josh. Next category: Best Vania that isn't a Vania. So I have four for this. I'm I tend to be the one who plays the "quoted quote" Metroid Vanias more than I think you do. Yeah. Um So I really love them, and and three good and and four of them came out this year actually. Um, well, Dead Cells technically didn't. It came out in August of last year, so it falls outside of our purview. But because it was on my list of game I most want to play from last year. I'm at least going to give a nod to it, but uh the three that came out this year are Bloodstained: Castlevania Anniversary and Guacamelee 2. Um so I'm just going to say first of all that while while uh Dead Cells is disqualified due to being outside of the time window, it would win otherwise because it is basically a speed speedrunning roguelike Castlevania and if that doesn't uh get you excited then nothing I'm going to say about that game will. Um, but that game hits all of my bliss points. It's about getting through as fast as you can. It's dark. It's It's got a little bit of a Dark Souls thing going on, um, but it's about being efficient. It's about being fast. It's about gathering things. It's about planning. You know, It's about adapting on the fly based on the weapons you get. Uh, Dead Cells oh, is, is unimpeachable.
1: This is definitely one of those games I've been wanting to try out. It looks very good. Um, You'll have
0: to try it next time you're over because it's on the uh, the xbox pass
1: yeah sure absolutely I, I definitely yeah. love to try this game out I've seen other people playing it <clears throat> it is beautiful um it looks like it's challenging and fun uh, and sometimes uh brutal so right up our alley well definitely up your alley
0: yeah, yeah I actually played that for my um one of my uh one of the streams for when I was raising donations this year and I had a lot of fun so i haven't actually played castlevania anniversary uh but we're going to disqualify it because it is actually a
1: vania yeah well i mean it it coins the term doesn't it so
0: yeah so this is best vania game that isn't a vania castlevania is a vania uh also doesn't have the best castlevania either of the two best castlevanias in it i didn't i don't believe yeah one two and three so it doesn't have either of the best two games um so oh no it does have four okay so for uh Castlevania Super is is pretty good, but um yeah, it doesn't have uh Symphony of the Night which which is the best uh, Castlevania by far. It is actually the one that coined the term Metroidvania. So the first right. I, I would uh Guacamelee 2 also not going to win. Uh I liked Guacamelee. I think Guacamelee 2 is slightly better, but that game is brutally hard. Uh I am not good at it and I like it, but I don't love it uh bloodstained i also like but don't love but it's the next, it's actually the next game by the guy who made castlevania kogi koga igarashi um he got he either got fired or quit uh, konami and so he went off on his own to make bloodstained it has some problems with it the 3d animations are a little too cluttered a little hard to see and also he put uh Backer Portraits, because it was a Kickstarter game in, and that really breaks the immersion. I believe it. But it is a very good game. So uh, we're going to give the award to Bloodstained. By default. By default, because the other three, two of them were disqualified, and the third one is not that great.
1: All right. So uh, next one is Possessive by, by Josh. It's also Best Early Access. Yes. And the nominees are Factory Town, Wayward, troubleshooter and automation question mark why don't you talk about automation
0: mark. first because because you you work with that uh because you've played that more than i have
1: yeah I so a- automation is um well it's a it's not really a game right now it mm-hmm. um it shines right now the most for uh one particular aspect which is that it can export games uh, games cars that you design in the game for another game called BeamNG. So, yep. um, if you are a fan of uh, very high, very high simulation racing games, BeamNG is up there. And being able to create your own cars and test them out and see how they perform is definitely, um, definitely what automation is all about. Uh, I've made a few. Yep few vehicles and had a great time doing it. It's very fiddly. I love fiddly when it comes to stuff like that. Um, Changing um, the the bore of cylinders, uh, timing, how aggressive it is, fuel mixtures, uh, and trying not to make your car explode when you first turn it over is the name of the game. Um, And when you put the two together with all of the fine details, you get some really fun stuff like you can um, actually damage your engine in fun and interesting ways over revving and blowing out cylinders. Cause you made the bores too large. It's, it's really <laughs> weird. It it really is, but it's a lot of fun. If you like yeah. this kind of thing,
0: you're, 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 you're pushing me very hard to buy beam MG and I've already spent a ton of money this month. So I'm going to have to resist, but uh, at some point I need to get that so I can interface the two of them. Uh, I'm going to actually go, I'm actually going to change the order of these. Okay. I'm going to talk about it in this. Uh, Bottom up. Uh Wayward is a really cool game. Wayward still needs some work. Uh or it doesn't need some work, but it I am not quite feeling that I I still don't quite feel like it's the game that I thought it was gonna be when I bought it. I think it's getting close to it, but it's still not quite there. Uh it's basically a cross between a survival game and a roguelike, not unlike Cataclysm DDA, which we talked about before. Except you're a castaway on a deserted island instead of uh, in a zombie apocalypse. Uh, but the crafting system just isn't quite there. Uh, and it's still like you still take damage to build a fire or, or you take a. And you take damage um, if you're too close to fatigue. the fire when you make it. Also that, but you take a fatigue. Oh, it yeah, you're your right. Fatigue fatigue. If you get too yes, fatigued. Yes.
1: So yeah. I played a little bit of this back. Uh, I think you might have got this for me and had me try it out. I might have. Um And i loved a lot of what they were doing but it yes. was uh f- for the person who just said how he loved fiddly stuff there was so much fiddly stuff that it was uh, it almost overwhelming being like oh well now i need to get some food well how do i do that do i hit trees is that going to give me food uh yeah. even i i think it's still lacking in like the information overhead you need to be able to make the most of this game that's what I think it I is, noticed the most is it, it doesn't really teach you well how to play it.
0: It does not. It is a great concept that it f- stumbles a bit on execution. Yeah. Uh, Troubleshooter is amazing. And I, 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 I had like three times when I wanted to show you this game this year, and I, I am going to have to. But Troubleshooter is absolutely incredible. It is, um, it is a cross between – do you remember the old Freedom Force games?
1: That sounds so familiar.
0: they they were the games that Ken Levine made before BioShock. They were basically super uh, like a superhero tactical strategy game.
1: Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. So, I think I do know what that is. Yeah.
0: So this is basically a remake or not a remake, but this is basically an a, a new version of that except they took the XCOM uh the new XCOM controls with that sort of two layer of like blue and yellow uh, how far you can move except and then uh,
1: your range for attacks.
0: Yeah. Except in this, you're, um, you're partially super, you have, uh, some superpowers. Uh, each of your guys has different abilities. You actually grow your team at the start of the game. You're one guy who just started his own uh, troubleshooting group. Um, huh. and, and you sort of bring in new people as the game goes, um, It is already a great game. It is in in great shape. The only problem that the game has is that it was made by a uh, Korean developer or a Chinese developer, and um, their translator has not done a a final pass, so there is still... Even some of the uh, like the tutorial text is very hard to understand and, and some of the dialogue is even more confusing. Eighty percent of the English is fine, but there's definitely some parts that, that really need a, a second pass on. So
1: it, I I'll let I'll let listeners know right now I haven't actually really looked at this game at all. I am mm-hmm. on the Steam store right now looking at it and it looks really good. Um yeah. I, I'm a bit of a fan of the tactics <laughs> games. They don't grab me immensely. Uh, yep. but there's a lot to a lot to um argue for this especially as it's as it's a um an early access game which is the name of the section um it, it has a lot speaking for it i can see why yep. you like it it it's 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 really
0: it's really interesting and it's doing some things that have not or that have been done but it's it's doing them really well and really interestingly uh and the last one and and, and this is going to win uh just because it this category is also the it game. It doesn't really I,
1: help for you to just say that this is the winner before we've even had a chance to argue.
0: Well, well, here's why this is. Well, okay, but here's here's why this is going to win because this category is also game I feel most possessive of. So it might not win best early access, but it is the oh, game I feel most possessive of.
1: I got gotcha. you. Um, be,
0: because so this is a game that I actually found on itch before it came to Steam, and I was one of like 200 people who signed up for the beta. Um, and Factory Town is basically a cross between Factorio and, like, Banished, or uh, or the Anno games. So you are building a town, but to build the town, you need to automate everything through conveyor belts and Okay, um, I'm, I'm just going to stop you
1: right here, right now. Yep. I just did the same thing. As we're talking about these things, I'm making sure I'm pulling them up on Steam so I can look at them. And you've already won yep. me over. I might buy this right now. I... I
0: I've seen this, I've streamed this a couple times. It's, it's an incredible game. Um, It definitely is not done. Uh, It definitely has, has more than it needs to do. But as far as things that I, uh, you know, it hits all of the things that I like. The guy is super nice. Uh, I actually wrote the uh, the giant bomb wiki page for this game. Like that's how much I believe in this game and want it to get out there. Okay. Um, I want people to play this game
1: that that's all well and good but i'm going <clears throat> to add a litmus test to this and i'm not going to allow you to give it to factory town, town unless it wins this list okay. of litmus test okay automation how huh. uh, how are is automation doing with improving the game is they regular are they good i'd have to say reasonably they so regular. but uh, they are regular but it's kind of slow going even with their regularity mm-hmm. wayward are they regular are they good They are regular and they are adding
0: some significant stuff. Fantastic.
1: Troubleshooter. Are they regular? Are they good?
0: I'm not sure, but they're also, like I said, I think they, outside of the editing that they need, they are pretty much done anyway. Okay. They are close enough to 1.0 that if they stop today, I'd I'd be satisfied.
1: And Factory Town, are they regular? Are they good?
0: Uh, I actually have not checked recently. I believe he's still doing like monthly uh, major overhaul. Two months, he, he's doing an a major patch every three to six weeks. Okay, and minor and, patches every and
1: week. And how how? Uh, I'm just gonna do one really quick thing. Actually, I'm looking at the recent reviews, and they have been positive throughout. Yeah. So that yeah, is a well, good sign because usually so people see. tend to be harsh on early. Last access. month he
0: did. Last month, he did a a mining overhaul. Mm -hmm. The September, he did a happiness and market rebalance. Uh, He added a building in September. I I, I don't have the list before that.
1: So he's pretty much monthly on his his updates.
0: And I think the game is close to the point where I, I would consider it done if he released it now. Like for what I paid for it, I would not feel ripped off.
1: Barring automation, which I kinda wanna exclude because the primary reason I have automation at all is because it makes Beam NG that much more fun. Yes. I'm I'm gonna just outright agree with you. Factory town looks amazing. I, I want this game yep. now. Thank you very much. Yep. Let's buy this You're game. You're welcome. Yeah, no, I it it is it was
0: yeah, it was I found it and immediately bought it because I'm like, this is awesome. And at that point, like he hadn't even done an art pass. Like things there was still just like the 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 ta- the buildings all look like building blocks um, yeah if they if they, can actually,
1: if they can actually keep uh going with what this is doing it's like i if i' feel say like, it's almost it's like one f- guy factorio oh yeah him uh, sorry uh it, it almost feels like factorio without having to walk around as a guy and do everything yourself until you set up on that's
0: board. exactly what it is that's great um it's a little more fiddly as well with some of the things. Cause like buildings have certain ranges. Cause like I said, it, it is also like, um, uh, like, like your old, um, city builders, like, like, uh, Anna or, or banish.
1: Okay. Um, that, 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 that puts it in best early access goes to factory town,
0: factory town and, and troubleshooter. I think next year we may be looking at talking about as, as a full game. Cause I think they are, they're getting close. Okay. Um, building game i'll let you i'll let you run these three three down
1: all right the best building games uh nominations are tracks the train set game dragon quest builders 2 <laughs> and oxygen not included so i'm gonna say that tracks is not a good game
0: and i'm <laughs> the only one who's played it
1: yeah well uh, i haven't played I, it I, so i couldn't really give uh give feedback on this game um basically- Basically what it is, is do you remember those, um,
0: those like wooden toy trains that they make for little kids?
1: Yes. See them everywhere.
0: It's, it's basically a computerized version of that. It's cute. It's fun. I'm not five years old, so it's just something I kind of go into.
1: This is a thing. I'm looking this up right now. This is a
0: thing. I, I got it for free, so I didn't really care. Well, I'm glad you did, because if you bought this I'd worry about you. <laughs> uh no, well it it came with the uh it came with the Xbox Pass the day it came out. So I guess that tells oh. you I here's the thing. If I was playing this with a five year old, you know, if I had a if I had a, a, a young child, this would be a great game would be to play. I could see where this would be
1: valuable. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If if you're if you're a kid, this is a great little game. If you're a kid who doesn't have enough space to build these, it's a great game. For me not so much. I, I'm going to say that it is a great game for families. I'm not a families.
1: Okay, so I guess I will talk about Oxygen Not Included. I don't know how how much you like. I have that not game. played in about a year. Yeah, neither have I. I, I think okay. um, Oxygen Not Included hasn't been holding me. They've been doing a lot with this game, and it probably should have been up there in the in mm-hmm. the um, in the um, Best early access as well because I it's believe it's not is. early access. No, no, actually, that released this year. Yep, officially. That's
0: why I that's why I, w- I wanted to go back after it released because yeah, I, I didn't realize it was out of early access until about a week ago. So um, props
1: to uh, Oxygen not included to actually successfully getting out. And this is a very yep. solid game. I really it is. do like how much mm. you get out of this game. Um, it's it's very it's just demanding. So hard it is very very hard. Yeah. Um, but if you're feeling and like a uh, bamboo shoots up the fingernails, this is no, I can't even yeah. say that. That sounds a little harsh. Uh, if you're feeling like a true challenge in yeah. base management and you are a fan of games like Dwarf fortress, um, and other, uh, other buildery type games like that, where you build and manage a population, this yeah. game would be right up your alley and it's, it's all- fun and humorous too.
0: It's almost not a building game. It's almost a, it's almost a plate spinning game. It's because most building games are about you like building things, making things better. Whereas Oxygen Not Included is trying to go as long as you can before everything collapses.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh no, the oxygen is now becoming a problem. How am I going to fix that? Okay, I got to throw throw down a bunch of kelp, not kelp, algae. Moss. I got to throw down some algae, and then I got to build no. some scrubbers, and I got to not die. Oh no, there's monsters coming into my base. They're trying to eat my people. I gotta put up some defenses and not die. Oh no, I haven't been producing food. My stocks are almost gone. I didn't realize it's gonna take me literally three months to start producing food enough to support my entire base. So I'm going to die. That's no. pretty much it. <laughs> Ironically, that's the
0: reason I excluded, uh, Rimworld from this, but, uh, uh, actually, I, um. I think actually,
1: Rimworld, I- um, I think they both uh, well, suffer from really the same problem that I have with them. I just don't find them engaging enough. Yeah. I mean, they're great games, but they just don't grab me like other they're games They're both Dwarf do. Fortress lights. Yeah, and they, they, they tend to lack um, what we're going to be talking about down the road, which is um, sandbox um, sandbox games that provide proper incentives. Yes.
0: Yes. So... I'm going to say then by you know by default it looks like Dragon Quest Builders wins.
1: I have to agree. Yeah. Uh, it it Minecraft's better than Minecraft, and yes. that's yes that's it does saying something.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it, it really does. Um, so it, I don't it, know. We oh god.
1: It it takes the framework um, of well actually no sorry it doesn't take the framework. it it takes the concept of minecraft and puts it yep. in a framework that works
0: that gives you a reason to keep playing
1: exactly yes
0: and and that's what like that's what I, i've said this before and I, I will say it again i want to play your game give me a reason to keep playing your game
1: yeah because that's time why is, i'm a dabbler time time is i don't even want to say time is money because that's, that's that seems selfish but time is important and most so, people your are times of are sensitive to how much time they put into games these days. And if you're not rewarding them for giving you the time, then you're not making a very good game. Well, not only is time important, but like
0: I have other games that I like that I could play. Like you have to, and it's not, and that's not fair necessarily, but it's true. Like there are other games I can play that I like. So if you want to pull me away from those, you have to give me a reason to like
1: you. Yes. Yes. So that goes to Dragon Quest Builders 2.
0: I agree. Um, So far for best character, I have um,
1: Malroth and I have Lulu. Well, Um, I'm I'm disqualifying Lulu uh, for being a terrible person. And I'm disqualifying Malroth
0: because I wanted to get rid of him as soon as I could. So I guess the the best best character
1: (laughs) um, goes to the main character, whatever you name him, in Dragon Quest Builders 2. Because he's actually, pretty I ha- awesome.
0: Actually, I have, well, but he is, but I actually have a third late entry. Who's uh, um, Maren? Marin.
1: Who's Maren? Oh, oh, girl- oh, yes, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> um, Yeah, I'll give that to you. That works. <laughs> Absolutely. It goes to Maren. Maren, who,
0: who's the little girl from uh, Link's Awakening. Yes. Who's, who, have you fi- whose have you name you finished I haven't
1: side- actually like, solidified it in my brain.
0: Okay, so you haven't finished that subquest yet. I want I won't ask you if it still does the thing that I thought it did.
1: Um, um no, that's not that's it not probably fair. I does. Like, okay. But I haven't gotten that far. What?
0: I I I was also gonna say it's it that's not wholly fair. I I like Malroth or I like what they did with Malroth by the end of the game, but for a long period of time I did not like the character, and he kept getting in my way when I was trying to build things. So
1: I think and- and that's funny but- because I had the exact opposite experience with Malroth. I thought he was just like always by my side, like a like a good friend. And mm-hmm. emotionally, I became invested in the character of Malroth throughout the entire thing. So as things go down in that game and things go down in that game, yeah. it really cut me to the core with what was yeah. going on.
0: I mean if we're going to talk about like if we want to talk about like best character growth like or best story arc I mean I think Malroth takes that in spades. Absolutely.
1: Um, uh, but, but you do as far as character to... I wanted with me. Uh but yeah, I guess I have to agree as as much as I like Melroth, and I think he's an awesome guy. I mean there are aspects of his character which um I well, I mean Maron's pretty evil too. So um uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think so. There's a, a few Bob. things I mean I mean I haven't reached those in the She's game bratty. myself, but I know that there's some stuff that happens with her. Yeah. Um, depending on what you do in the game. But I'll I'll agree with you with Maron because I know yeah. you're not as much of a fan of Malroth as I am, and we can both agree solidly that Maron is a great character.
0: We can. I, I will also say that I know you hate Lulu.
1: I but, hate her. I hate her with the, passion. But I, I just want to burn but, Lulutopia to the ground.
0: But the Malroth story arc doesn't work if Lulu isn't there. That Malroth does Malroth doesn't become the Malroth of the end of that game if Lulu is not there.
1: I'm not sure. I agree with that.
0: I absolutely do because she's the one who actually starts him on that journey to change.
1: I suppose in some ways you're right there.
0: Yeah. Also, I like her. I know you don't like her because she's a brat, but I like her because she's a brat.
1: Yeah, so that that's why I think we have to we have to give it to yeah. Maron because um, I think we did too. Uh, there are aspects of these characters, uh, dynamic as they are, that attract us to one or the other. So, I mean,
0: it, it, if we're gonna say best characters, then it definitely goes to the trio of of Dragon
1: Quest. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, I the think- three musketeers. Yeah, I think that dynamic that exists in there is amazing. It's it's really yeah. good and very well written.
0: Yeah. All right. Would you like to well, I guess I'll take best moment because so far these are all mine, but I'll I'll give them to you if you have any. Uh so the first one is that high five. You know that uh, you know the high five we're talking about. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, take care of that car from Forza.
1: Oh, I remember that.
0: Uh the mid-game reveal from Fire Emblem. And a villain from troubleshooters. Uh, Ooh. so I'll, I'll start with troubleshooters because this one is probably one of the dumbest things. So I, I told you that it's like you recruit your party. So there's little like it's an RPG. So there's little segments where like you'll talk to people and you'll have like one of four choices you can make. Uh, so at one point you, you, you run into this girl who thinks she's a, an actual like hero, like, you know, like yeah. out of a comic book. And so she sees you walking around with a sword. And so the she has so her thought bubbles come up. A man who's walking around with a sword in the uh, in the middle of the day is option one: a villain. Exclamation point. (laughs) Two: a villain. Question mark. Three: a villain. Dot dot dot. And four: a villain. (laughs) And that's the only options you can make. Um, And the best part is. And the best one is they track, like they show you, like what percentage of people picked each choice. Mm-hmm. It was almost evenly split.
1: <laughs> of course, it is. <laughs> oh, so. I think I think I'm actually going to throw in a fifth option before we go any okay, further. Go it's going to be um, um, and this is probably not this. This game does not actually uh, fit in this category, but I'm throwing it in. Uh, After all, because we've experienced that. And if you can go to my um, Twitch channel and take a look at what I'm talking about. Um, I'm from Duskers. Yes. The dang jumping bugs bugs from Duskers. Because the first time you come across one of those, it is the most terrifying thing you will ever see.
0: Most of Duskers is full of terrifying things.
1: (laughs) Yes. I think the first time I came across that stupid bug, it scared me into absolute silence. I completely shut down. Which is the not good when you're trying scary. to stream. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on from a villain, dot, dot, dot. Take,
0: uh, so take care of that car was something I did on the stream, uh, which you you texted. I remember you texting me about how much you loved that. Yes. Um And somebody says, all right, now take care of that car. Just as he said that, I took the car off the biggest ramp in the game.
1: Yeah, I, I remember distinctly seeing the car sailing over what, three sheet fields and then hitting a stone wall? Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was a little aghast <laughs> at how you treated that poor multi-million dollar, uh, was it, Ferrari? Murcielago. lago, Yeah, that poor thing. Yeah. You killed it.
0: Uh, and I I can't talk about the mid-game reveal of the Fire Emblem because it's a major spoiler, so I'm, I'm going to... We're going to have to disqualify that, that
1: because if you can't tell me about it. No, then- I, I, that's, that's what I was
0: going to say. I, I, I will let it be disqualified. Uh, but there is a major, major change of the dynamics of the groups that happens in the middle of Fire Emblem. Somebody gets I'll just say somebody that you don't expect to be the villain gets revealed as the villain. Um, and it's a major shocking moment. Um, I don't want to spoil it, though, so that's all I'm going to say about it. But that reveal was shocking.
1: Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead into the, the last, and m- in my opinion, the best, um, moment. That high five, I think I know exactly what high five it is. It happens at the end of the last boss battle in Dragon Quest Builders 2. And it is such, um, a cathartic release when you realize what exactly just happened. Even though the irony and the humor of it, it just, it is such a beautifully constructed moment for what, what's going on, what you've just experienced, which I don't want to go into detail because I don't want to spoil this. Uh, My wife went into such effort to keep from spoiling this um, to me that she threatened bodily harm if I didn't finish the game because she wanted to talk about it. I actually,
0: I was, I was thinking of the one at the end of the third Island, but I also think the, the, the final boss one is, is great too. Yeah. Um, Actually there's three great moments from that game and I'm not going to spoil the last one but I will just say uh the last thing that gets crafted in that game is great. Um oh yeah. And uh th- sh- most shocking moment is um the third island, or, or is the third island when you get to the uh the warm weather.
1: Yes, that yeah. that whole moment um that was pretty shocking. I mean that, I am I am at a loss at how they are so good at, like, hitting you upside the head with these amazing jaw-dropping moments where you're like, I was completely not expecting this at all. For me... That one was it. That one just completely floored me.
0: For me, that was actually where, like, up until that point, like, I had liked some of the characters and hadn't liked some of the characters, but I hadn't cared that much about the story as a whole. And then when that happened, I was like, "From there, that's really they, where it was they, on." They, like, I wanted just, to get to the absolutely, end.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You're like they played me for a fool the entire time. The yeah. characters did. The the writers of the story did. I yeah. am such an idiot. The world itself did. Exactly. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. So I don't want to go into any more detail because it's going no. to make people curious. And if well, you should curious, make people curious, they
0: want to know. They should want to know. <laughs> Uh, They should play it. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Play the game. Play the game! Yeah. Does that take it, or does that high-five take it? Because I think it takes it.
1: No, I think it takes it. I mean, that whole villain thing, the way you describe it, is very entertaining, and I think that's a good close second. But that high-five, man. I mean, we were thinking of completely different high-fives, but they were all awesome. The (laughs) high-five is so integral to the story that there are a few times when it's absolutely just amazing.
0: How weird is that that in 2019 the high five has come back as a major plot point?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a good point. That, that's yeah. That. But yeah, I
0: I'm going to give Troubleshoot as a runner-up on that one because that was the that was definitely the funniest moment
1: of any yeah. game I have played this year. Uh, I have. Did you stream that? You should. Um, you should clip that because I really want to see that. Yeah, I I I have a screenshot. I think. Okay, because that sounds hilarious. Uh, okay, uh, so a- the next um item and the last one for the positive categories is the best uh comfort food game
0: yeah and you you may have a couple to contribute to this one uh for me it's hitman so comfort food game is basically the game that isn't necessarily from this year but the game that you just kept going back to this year um so for me it's hitman 2 a game that i somehow have 48 hours in uh mm-hmm. and Morphblade, a game that I have 52 hours in, despite most games of Morphblade lasting less than 10 minutes.
1: Okay, uh um, give me just a second.
0: So I'll I'll talk about Morphblade while you're doing that. Uh so Morphblade is a we we actually talked about it on the show before. It's it's a um it is a roguelike that builds around you as you play. It's a tactical roguelike. Um and the matches are very short, but a lot of the, a lot of the thing I really like about Morphlade is because it's so short, I could just go and play a couple, like while I'm eating dinner or, or, um, or while I'm cooking dinner or while I'm doing other things. It's a really good, like sort of mindless game to play, you know, while I'm trying to think, think about things. So it's, it's just a really nice game to sort of go back to. Hitman 2 too, I don't really have as much as a, of an excuse for. So except for just the fact that I like poking around the edge of that game and finding ways to break it um mm. there's just all that game has such like that game is so incredibly built that i can always go back and find something that i like just the other day i tried a challenge where they're like see if you could assassinate this person by you by dressing up as a penguin and shoving them down a down a, a hole i'm like all right i'll dress up or not a penguin a flamingo i'm like all right i've never done that one before i'll dress up like a flamingo that sounds fun
1: So, um, I will take, um, I will add one to mine, um, that a game that I've got picked up and started really enjoying recently, and I'm definitely going to keep coming back to (laughs) my, uh, my brother-in-law lent this to me and I think I'm going to have to pick it up. The Long Dark, uh, it is an amazing survival game, um, with, it, it, Again, it's kind of like the sandbox with incentive because it has an overarching story, in the story mode at least. Um, You have a lot of um, motivation to perpetuate the story, which is actually very good. Uh, And I've completed the whole first chapter and I loved every bit of it. The characters are interesting. The voice acting is actually pretty good. And it makes no bones about – um, how hard it would be to to try to survive in uh, yeah. Canadian wasteland in the middle of winter or Alaska. I think it might be Alaska. I was going to in,
0: it's easier to survive in Alaska. If you're in Canada, you're a Canadian, and that's way harder.
1: Uh, well, it would be for you. Due not existing. don't believe it exists, and <laughs> therefore it would starve to death. Be like, look, berries. Those are Canadian berries. I don't believe they exist. Three days I, I'm, later. I'm
0: sort of bummed that you beat me to that joke, but yes, good <laughs> job.
1: <laughs> well, you've done it
0: enough. I, it just comes naturally now. And the winner of this category is... They're all winners, because they they all got played a lot. Yes, absolutely. Let's keep going. We have the first thing in the negatives, which is... The Worst Thing of 2019. And the first nomination is... The Epic Store. The second nomination is... Is there actually anything that has been more detrimental to games this year? And the third one is: one could argue that free-to-play integration into triple into double A titles is reaching plague.
1: No, triple I missed an A. It's double A. AA. It's triple A. Ah, batteries. Ah, triple A. Please say triple A.
0: Triple A. Into triple A titles is reaching plague-like proportions. I agree. Um, I'll let you talk about that for a second. Okay. Uh, the triple A.
1: Yeah. So, um. It's, it's not really a hidden thing that right now, um, the video game community, the video game industry is, um, being flooded with games that focus so hard on the money making aspect that they, um, they suffer for by adding microtransactions and subscription based services added on top of the games. We're not talking about the, uh, uh, subscription platforms. That you're, you're um, talking,
0: you're talking like loot boxes and whatnot.
1: Yeah, loot boxes was another thing I was going to talk about. Fortune cookies, all these ridiculous things that people are, are given the opportunity to spend money to break their game. It's being integrated in and it's not being considered uh, well enough as to how that affects the gameplay mechanics. And it's, it's all a cash grab. And when companies start making products with the sole purpose of making money, and we understand that, um, these people are putting a lot of time and effort into games and they do deserve to make a reasonable a, a reasonable amount of profit. But um and I know you're not a Jim fan, Josh. Um yeah. and I'm not always a fan of what he says, but one of the things that he said recently that stuck with me is these companies aren't looking to make money; they're looking to make all the money, and it's showing well, up in how they handle all these additional um, premium or, or, yeah, premium uh, features in their games, where they're making you spend money—sixty dollars for a title—and then spend more money to make it a complete game.
0: Well, I, I think you're right that it's reaching plague-like proportions. Um, I mean he's not I mean Jeff Quisition is not wrong about that point. I think the bigger problem is that's kind of what companies are supposed to do is make as much money as they can.
1: So um, my question to you is do you, do you think that it's it's harmful um business practice in general? Well,
0: well hang on. There, there there's two points. Those are two just separate things. Um they are trying to make all the money in the world. He's right. Because that's what companies do. Um yes. do I think that's bad? Absolutely. I think well, no, I don't think that's bad if they do it ethically and sensibly. Like if they are giving you a product that is worth paying for, and we discussed this back when we discussed DLC. If the product is worth paying for, I have no problem with buying it, right? That's the problem, is it's not worth buying. And we can tell because people are getting mad about having to buy it. I mean, we talked about this last year with the uh, the NBA Two K sixteen microtransactions, with the where you could buy like seven hundred dollars worth of stuff, or or like nine, 99 dollars worth of things just to make your your player better. And I think that's ridiculous because it it makes you question whether the game is designed to be fun or to take money from you. And the instant you have that concern is the instant the game is done.
1: Yeah, well, and and I I agree with that. Um, I mean there are certain aspects of the method that are 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 ethically unsound, and a lot of these um oh, these features that they're integrating are failing that ethics barrier. They're just not considering their audience. Um, oh, oh,
0: I I I absolutely think it's it's unethical. Um, I think from a gameplay stat, uh, side, it's also bad because. You know, it's it's that, remember in The Matrix where he talks about, like, you can see The Matrix, like, once you know what you're looking for?
1: Yeah. That's,
0: that's sort of what happens to these games is it makes people who don't want to think about the gameplay of, of, of a game start noticing the gameplay of a game because they start saying, is this game tuned to pull more money out of me? And, you know, we've said for years there's nothing wrong with DLC if it feels like it is adding something to the game. These are, ga- these are not adding things to the game. And that's just a fact.
1: That's true. And it's unfortunate that every single major developer is on board with that because I do feel one of the big problems with that is a lot of these games are suffering because the companies are investing so heavily um, in those money-making aspects that they're not <clears throat> giving the core of the game the important part that you get. Um enough attention and and on on the exact opposite they're actually gearing some of these games to not just encourage but drive you to use dlc and um microtransactions to improve the gameplay by making it a grind just to get through the single player experience Absolute. and well, and so i think that's the major flaw there
0: so th- so this brings me to my actual my two hard hitting questions okay number mm-hmm. 1 is so we've talked about the uh, the the lack of ethics involved would these games even be made if they couldn't count on trying to pull in this kind of money
1: with with the companies as they stand now um no only because uh, I agree. they would not they would not support them they would not put the money in if uh with what they understand now about <clears throat> income and what kind of profit margins they get from just like a regular $60 well, game without it.
0: Let's, let's not not even talking about profit margins. Could they even afford to develop these if they weren't planning to get, could they afford to, to develop these games and sell them for $60? Because I don't think they can. And this gets me to my second point, which is, isn't this just a sign of the death knell of the AAA title?
1: I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, another point that I or have recently recognized from Jim Quiz. Oh, not recognized. It sounds really stupid. Another thing that I heard from Jim Quisition, something that he stands on, is the fact that that price point, the cost to produce, is established by the AAA developer. They yes. could make a game that costs a reasonable amount and expect a modest a modest um profit. Now I, I want to point no, out whoa, that whoa, whoa, when whoa, you... whoa,
0: whoa. stop there, because I totally disagree with him on that. And I that's one of the reasons I don't listen to the man. Um he's wrong because you can't. Because if they set a game at forty dollars, they would not make enough here's Nintendo a good point. Nintendo's been about
1: doing this. it for for years.
0: Nintendo does not have as many employees as EA
1: does. EA has well, over a million employees. That's the problem. That's the point. EA yeah. has built this monstrosity to churn out games, which sure, yeah, they they employ a lot of people, but they their entire structure is untenable. And that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is I think it is
0: untenable, but I don't think selling them for a lower price will make it more tenable.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not saying that they need to sell it for a lower price. I think that they need to. They need to – well, okay. So I guess the point is is if they were banned from having microtransactions in games and they had to sell the game for a, a fixed amount, you're right. Yep. EA would go belly up. They would not that's, survive. That's and, what I'm saying. But, I think this is a
0: sign that – that, like you said, I think this is a sign that the AAA title is untenable. And I suspect that in a few years this is going to be a moot point because they cannot continue to do this because they are burning I, I, customers out.
1: I I agree. Um, the problem yep. is is that in the meantime, EA is killing good developers because they buy up companies when they do not perform to their expectations because they EA eyes them. No, that's that's they, Activision. They, they that. shutter them.
0: What? Act Activision is way worse about
1: that. EA. Well, EA. Has I, actually I, I mean, they're both they're both massive uh, third party. They they both follow the same formula. E, they, EA they has been guilty lot, of it. I I I can I have. can't think right now, but I know that there are. Um, there are well, developers that have been bought by both yes, that have been shuttered but, because they were not lucrative.
0: Yes, but EA is actually trying. I and I think that that Origin Access thing that we were talking about earlier is part of this. I, they are trying to. I think they are trying to find alternate revenue streams, and one of those is not buying developers as much because they do find they have found that, you know, then you don't have to pay to keep them employed. You pay them. Based on what they sell. And then you aren't, you know, you don't have to find something for those 30 employees to do. They just go out and make a game and you take, you know, 20% or whatever. Kind well, of like that, what Valve
1: does. That would be good if that's the direction yeah. that they go in. Um, that would be an improvement and I'd be very happy to see that. I, I, you know, at
0: some point, I think that Blizzard may wind up splitting off from Activision because if I think. I mean, you and I talked about this. I think, I think, I think for me, the sign that AAA's are dying is when EA or is when Activision gave away not one but two Call of Duties as part of e, uh, as part of humble monthly bundles this year, and they couldn't get enough people to sign up for one of those Call of Duty games without also offering Spyro rem- remastered and Crash Bandicoot remastered. Nobody wanted that Call of Duty game.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there is something to be said about the um, the remake-itis uh, that's also going on right now. But I think we need to move on because we can Absolutely. rant about this forever. Yes. Uh, so we're so already I'm an hour and a half in.
0: I know. Epic, epic, y- your point is bad, but the Epic Store has been a travesty from, from the beginning. first point to last so let's let's go over just the things we've discovered in the last three months. Oh, um, I'd love to. They still don't have a shopping cart. <laughs> if you buy more, <laughs> if you buy more than five games at a time, it will lock you from buying games for up to twenty four for for at least twenty four hours because they have to make sure that you're not uh, using a stolen credit card. Um, well, that's weird. They shut down Fortnite for two days to to port it over to the new version. <clears throat> In so doing, they accidentally shut down the store, and they made it so people can't play any of the games that they bought. Oh, that's harsh. Also, apparently, at one point, and I think they fixed it, but I'm not positive. There was a bug where if you uh, loaded up your library, and I'm not sure how you did it, but apparently, there was a way that you could just play anything in the or anything in the Epic Store catalog, whether you bought it or not.
1: Oh, that's pretty awful. And that's pretty awful. And but and board... am I right in believing that the um most of the developers who have ta- signed those exclusivity deals have not seen a return uh even with the big cash that EA gave them to justify the the exclusivity. Well, I'm pretty sure that that,
0: is, that, that was in an advance and not necessarily in, in addition to. And that is where we get into the rub. Because the exclusivity is bad and I think the exclusivity is a, is the the exclusivity trick was so bad that Microsoft stopped dealing with exclusivity on the on the uh, PC because they got so mad at Epic about what they did with Outer Worlds. Um, Steam has had to change the rules on their store front because Epic was bait and switching people on Epic uh, or on on the Steam store by selling copies and then saying, "Oh, well, you can't buy them here, but we'll give you an EA co- uh, EA or an Epic store copy."
1: Um, Which is supremely underhanded.
0: I would argue that that is, I mean, you want to talk about unethical. I'm pretty sure that is illegal in some countries. Um, But also exclusivity is bad, but paying people for exclusivity is worse because, and somebody else made this point, and I hadn't thought about it, but it's true. If you're suddenly getting free money, you have less of an incentive to do the work because you don't need to sell as many copies to break even. Um, there yeah. have been several, uh, what is it, Ublex or Ublet, uh, actually wound up basically getting boycotted by saying, because they got a $2 million advance from Epic, and then basically went on their Discord and said, well, good, now we don't have to deal with any of those stupid gamers sh- and making games that they want to play, and we can make the game we want. And that's a, I mean, okay, A, they probably don't deserve any money if that's the way that they think about their customer base, but B, that allows them to do that and that's terrible. Yeah. I uh, I think I think that bar none, the epic store, is not even the worst thing to ha like not even just the worst thing to have to gaming this year, but like the worst the biggest danger to gaming possibly ever. Yeah. Um, also, 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 it turns out that, uh, their store may also be spyware sending information back to China. So that's another thing you should probably be careful about. So I think you're right. The free to play integration is into AAA titles is a plague. But I think, like any good play, it is eventually going to uh, burn itself out when all of the uh, companies using it die off. Uh, or the Epic or Store... see the uh,
1: the error in their ways and try to uh, restructure how they do that.
0: I think the Epic Store needs to be dead as of like ye- last year. And I'm sorry to the devs who think that Epic Store is great because of that whole 12%. But let's be honest, that 12% thing isn't tenable because they are not recouping enough money to keep that thing going. Like they're yeah, burning no, money hand over fist.
1: Not only that, but you know, 12% uh um 12% on a fraction of the uh population that Steam has is yeah. is, is you're not going to make the same amount of <clears throat> revenue overall. It's not no. tenable because people People are intentionally avoiding Epic, even even if the Epic Store was a general success, it would not pull the same numbers as Steam because Steam yeah. is established. Also, like they
0: paid uh, what was it for Shenmue two or three? They paid two and a half million for a one week ex- or a one month exclusivity deal. Like that's that's bad business a uh, bad business sense for multiple reasons.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely awful.
0: Like that's like it's not only bad; it's stupid, and that's like that's the even worse part. Is it's dumb.
1: See, uh the the issue there is instead of putting care and consideration into the development of their store, they just dumped yeah. a bunch of money at it and hoped that that would fix the problems. That would Which, make it. To succeed. be fair,
0: is kind of how Epic has kind of done everything. The difference is when you're dumping a lot of money on a graphics engine, you can make a better graphics engine. <clears throat>
1: Doesn't work right. with, with game stuff.
0: Okay. So, Epic Store is the winner or loser of the worst thing ever.
1: <laughs> Title holder. Title holder. Alright, so let's move on to biggest disappointments.
0: And this is actually our longest list of the whole thing, which is kind of sad. It is really sad. So, I will run through these. Uh, Fire Emblem? Question mark. Resort Boss Golf. Outer Worlds. Mario Maker 2, Imperator Room, question mark, Terraria Journey's End, and- Being delayed. Being delayed. And Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Uh, I'll let you run through yours first. Okay.
1: So, I'm- um, I'll let you include Mario Maker as well. Okay. Um, Yeah, because Mario Maker was rather interesting. Um, I think they made a major mistake with releasing that too soon after the original Mario Maker, Mm the original Mario Maker had burnt out um in in the fandom it was it was a big f- fad essentially um and its massive popularity and a lot of people playing it but um they didn't so it get It was on a different platform. It was on a different platform that's true. Uh and that's probably part of the problem. Yeah. But primarily I, I believe it was just it it didn't allow people to, like, reach the point where they were interested in um, playing another Mario Maker game. And and there was too much similar to the previous one. All the additional um, things that you could do with it was not enough of a draw to bring all the people who had, you know, they, they'd done what they wanted to do and uh, draw them I back ha- to face the, the swarms of bad levels.
0: See, I actually I actually have the opposite problem, which is... It's bringing in a lot of is the people who really cared about it last time came back in droves, but those people all just want to make super annoying challenge levels, and those aren't fun to play. That's like, true. I don't like. At this point, the normal difficulty levels are far more complicated than anything you would play in an actual Mario game. And the thing I liked about Mario Maker is it lets you make. Mario levels. If I want to play Super Meat Boy, I'll play Super Meat Boy. But yeah. I like Mario.
1: I guess I guess that's kind of um, something that yeah. I should have pointed out, but didn't when I when I brought that up. And and you're absolutely right in that um, it it suffers from community, uh, not just um, not bleed, but uh, I guess bleed, where the community gets so good that it starts. Yeah. Uh, community creep, I guess is what I'll call it. Community yes. creep, where the difficulty level keeps creeping up because this this hardcore community continues churning out new and more challenging levels. And then yep. um, all of the fun, uh, casual levels kind of just get swallowed up by the sea yep, of totally uh, difficulty.
0: Absolutely. Yep. That's a big problem. Insularity, in I think, maybe the maybe the right word for it
1: yeah and and that's why i think there should have been a decent delay some time for people to chill yeah. and and for well, would, the madness to cool down i
0: was super excited about it. like i pre-ordered that game and i never pre-ordered game. actually i can't say that i pre-ordered three games this year i pre ordered more games this year than i ever have in my life but i pre-ordered that game and i was super excited because i loved the original mario maker and i really can't play it all, you know because we use pain to get out um It is just, it's not as good, and it's a real bummer.
1: Yeah, and it's a pity, uh, because it it had a lot going for it, but... It did. And
0: and it's still, like, the community aspects aside, it's still great. Like, it's still a good Mario Maker game. Like, it has all the things the first one did, and more. It's just the community is garbage.
1: Yeah, which is often a a problem Mm -hmm. with... um, uh unmoderated internet games with with little little flexibility um it could probably benefit from more community features that allow you to find and keep people who make good stuff and like more categorizing i mean it's nice that they added a more casual a casual type tag for levels but it doesn't seem to to do the job
0: well and also a lot of those quote unquote casual levels just wind up all being auto play levels anyway
1: Yes, which is also very frustrating.
0: Yeah. Uh, How about this Terraria Journey's End? What even is that?
1: So, uh, you know Terraria. Um, I do. Much of the community has been waited with bated breath uh, for the release of Terraria Journey's End. It is the final update to the game. Oh, okay. Well, they will be releasing everything that everyone's always wanted and everyone's dreams will come true. Uh, it was expected to come out this year, and it looks like it's been delayed uh, for another year, which I is good had, because it. Uh, go ahead.
0: I thought they had said like five years ago that that was their final patch.
1: Yeah, the journey said okay. patch. They've 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 had um, a roadmap for Terraria for a long time of when they were going a- f- to after they washed
0: their hands of it the first time.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's it's the. That's right because that's guys. that's
0: the one I still remember is them last time saying, "Well, we're done with this game forever." So I'm still wondering if this will be the second time and they'll come back again. But we'll see.
1: Well, the long and the, the short of it is, is it, it it more or less means more patch. content. There's going to be a lot of really cool stuff being yeah. added to the game, um, in every aspect, a lot of end level content as well. It's going to be a good True. big patch, and a lot of people have been waiting for it because. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of quality of life improvements and things that I, that people have been waiting for. So it's a bit of a disappointment that it's not coming I, out this year.
0: I, I'm even looking forward to it, and I'm not a huge, sure, i fan, but I I will still go back for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, and, and
1: go ahead. Animal Crossing.
0: I said okay. Animal Crossing.
1: Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is the casual mobile version of Animal Crossing. Now uh, I have. A lot to say about Nintendo's mobile venues, forays, uh, not venues. Everything that they've released has been using the wrong, just the wrong way of going about it. Um and well, no, they've Crossing, been going about
0: it like a mobile game.
1: Yeah, that's exactly the, my problem. Right. I was kind of hoping that they would, they would release some titles that would you know, be fairly true to the games that they derive from, but they are kind of weak imposters. And Animal Crossing Pocket Camp kind of went that route. I I picked it up because I got a new tablet and I wanted some games to play on it whenever I had a spare minute and some time to waste. And I thought, you know, I'd try it and see if it was like an Animal Crossing title where you could go in and do what you do in Animal Crossing. And it's completely not. Everything yep. is on a timer, and yep. so it's
0: basically in, Farmville. It's
1: it's it's not even like Farm Farmville. It's kind of worse because um, all you have to do is essentially wait for anything yep. to arrive, and there's a lot of it's it's almost like uh, there's a, a time based loot box mechanic where a lot of stuff you just have to wait until you get things so, and. Well,
0: so if I'm being very, very cynical, and I'm not because Animal Crossing kind of eats the cynicism away, but if I was being really cynical, I would argue that, I could argue that Animal Crossing itself is kind of a waiting game.
1: Not really. Uh, okay. There, There is some waiting involved because it's kind of like a real-time game where yeah. uh, there's things that happen in the fall and there's things that happen at winter and there's uh, specific events during specific days. Yes, that's a thing that happens, but this is more... Like a a mobile game timer based thing where it's like um oh you want him to make you a chair well you have to wait thirty minutes while he builds it ooh um that that kind of thing is there and like you slowly way worse yeah you slowly acquire uh, money through doing things and and instead of it being like you know the open map that is um. That is Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. The map is like segmented. You go to a place, and it's a tiny section. You might come across an animal, and you can mm-hmm. you have to satisfy certain requirements to get them to join your camp. And yep. the camp is literally like um, a small section with like four different floors, and you can you can acquire things to put in your camp that people can visit and check out. But there seems to be no point to acquiring it because it's all. Again, no none of it's like um uh, you know, in Animal Crossing, when you want to gather stuff, there's places you go, you visit, you pick up stuff, you sell, you buy, uh, you regularly visit the store. Um it's kind of like a a there there are things that you can do and it fits with the the shtick. And I'm yeah. not saying that um it's a supremely deep system to begin with, the Animal Crossing yeah. game mechanic. But, but they've made it worse
0: yeah that's that's brutal i will say the one game that that um they seem to have done okay with is the fire emblem mobile game it's not good like it's not great yeah I've, but it's I've still seen a very some, light fire emblem game
1: i've seen some um some positivity uh about fire emblem and i think it, it's a-
0: about as good as they could do with it
1: yeah it's not great but, but it's okay m- mario kart um Ugh. is a travesty it again is like a, a grind for mario Kart, Mario run is a joke and mario run wasn't quite as bad but it's a similar mechanic it's very very simple gameplay mechanics coupled yeah. with gated uh, money-making schemes and the fortune cookies in animal crossing i oh uh, and of course they do the, the same thing they feed you a few to, to get the taste for opening fortune cookies and finding cool things inside And then they charge you for it. And then they drip feed you the occasional fortune cookie to keep you interested in it. So those like gotcha ponds? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I just, I got fed up with it. I got rid of it. Um, I played it for maybe an hour before the the clear um, mobile method just sickened me. I really didn't like it at all.
0: If we're talking if we're talking good mo- mobile games, I already told you about Muse Dash. It's worth checking out. Uh uh-huh. it could be worse. You could be playing the Love Live game.
1: The Love Live game?
0: Yeah, it's uh it's uh it's basically like um J-pop DDR. I actually really like it, but it's 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 an okay rhythm game. It's a, with a terrible card system attached to it. So, <laughs> but it only works if you like all the songs from the Love Live crew and you don't. So that doesn't
1: work. Yeah, no, that, that probably wouldn't really call uh, to it,
0: me. If you like bad J-pop, you, you, you'd like it. <clears throat> anyway, all right, I'll, I'll move on to a couple of mine. So I'm going to start with uh, two that I'm not 100% sure count as disappointments. Uh, first of all, Imperator Rome, I'm not sure I could consider that a disappointment because I wasn't expecting anything from it in the first place. Um, Imperator Rome is basically, it's the it's Paradox's games, um, or it's by Paradox Games, the guys who did... Um, Europa Universalis and Crusader Kings. You're um, a fan of them. I am. I am a tentative fan of them. I like some of their games. I don't like all of their games. Uh, Imperator Rome is basically like a cross between Europa Universalis and um, Crusader Kings, but it only takes place in Mediterranean Rome.
1: Uh, so it's kind of like a a boiled down version of Crusader Kings with like less less range. It's
0: very, it's very boiled down. the ta- the, the strategy is much weaker. It's kind of hard to do much. Uh, it's actually a lot like their, but it's also the last game on this engine, so it's basically comparable to Shogun, uh, to their Shogun game from about ten years ago. Um, in which is also, it's it's a small game. It's it takes place in a very specific setting. It's not good, but it's also like half of the price of the other games. So if if you've never played any of their games before. It's it might a good be the jumping place. off point. Yes, but I didn't like it because I want more. Like, I want the buffet. I don't just want the, the one nice dish. So it's a good dish, but it's not what I'm looking for. Uh, Fire Emblem, kind of the same way. Fire Emblem is a great Fire Emblem game. It is an amazing Fire Emblem game. But the part in between the Fire Emblem game is kind of annoying. They added in this system where you go back where you're uh, a teacher at a school and part of the thing is you go around the school every between each battle and you uh, basically you're running a um, like a like a raising sim, like a like a princess maker or something where you're scheduling things out and you're teaching your students. And uh, depending on what skills they level up in, it, it affects how they can be promoted to um, new uh, unit types, which is a cool idea. It just, you know, I like my my uh, fire to be real quick and. And, you know, battle, 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 and this sometimes, I mean, I was out of the fight sometimes for an hour, an hour and a half in between every battle, and that's just, it's too slow. But it's still a good game, but it's too slow. Uh, mm-hmm. Outer
1: Worlds, I, I don't know. Um, I was confused oh. by this. I thought you said that that game was good. Maybe I was, didn't. Uh, it is.
0: With... It is an okay
1: game. It is not as good as Fallout Four, and I
0: like Fallout Four, and I'm one of the only people in the world who likes Fallout Four. So maybe this is just me, but everyone's like, "Well, this is Obsidian, the guys who make all the really good RPGs." When after Bethesda makes all their bad RPGs, uh, but
1: I think a lot of a- that might be because um, everyone's turned off of Fallout yes. from um, the latest 76. one, is that 76? Yeah. And that it well, was so awful and such a travesty that they've been looking for something.
0: Well, it wasn't even Fallout 76, it was Fallout 4, but it's like, oh, Fallout 4, all I could do was be a nice guy or a mean guy. There was so many less uh, role-playing options in Outer Worlds by the guys who be called the role-playing options. There's going to be so much more, and... It's basically kind of the same amount of depth. In fact, I actually found Fallout 4 had more depth because it gave me a very specific purpose, which was finding my son. And so I was a character within that framework. Whereas the very first enemy I found, or the very first person I talked to in Outer Worlds, I could not stand him. But I still sided, or I could not stand her, but I still sided with her because she was running an arcology, and I loved the plants in there, and I wanted to save them. And I could not care less whether her group died or the other group died, but I sided with them because of the trees, and I did not get to say that to her. And I was bummed. And also, it's not an open world game. It's a, it is an open level game. There's like 10 or 12 worlds, and each of them are basically a town. Hmm. So... It's not even like as open as Fallout. It's really weird. That's Again, much like Fire Emblem, it's not a bad game. It's just a disappointing game. But now we get to talk about the game that is both bad and a disappointment, which is Resort Boss Golf, which is the big is one of my biggest disappointments, disappointments of all time. It is up there with Home or not Home World with uh, Mass Effect, not Mass Effect, Masters of Orion Three.
1: Oh, that you're really pulling out no punches there, are you? So,
0: <clears throat> Resort Boss Golf is supposed to be a spiritual successor to Sim Golf, the game that Sid Meier and Will Wright worked on together. Mm. Big shoes. One of the greatest tycoon games of all time. I might even argue better than Roller Coaster Tycoon. Resort Boss Golf is bad, it is hideously ugly. And I don't even just mean like. The art looks stupid. I mean, what's the one thing you want in a golf game? A nice looking golf course. It looks yeah. like every it is it is all procedurally generated, so it's just random splotches of browns and
1: greens and dark greens and blues. It looks hideous. I'm it's, looking at this right now, and it looks like it looks like they missed a couple of generations with their graphics. It's, it's yeah, so it's, bad. It reminds me of Darwinia. It really does. Yes. Um.
0: Yeah. I mean, in, in that sort of way. But, uh, but, but even then, like at least, at least that was a cohesive art style. It was a weird art style, but it was a cohesive art
1: style. Yeah. They. I mean. I, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I liked Darwin. Yeah, that's an old game. That yeah, was yeah. like that came out the year after Steam did. Um. And the art was pretty decent for the time. Yeah, but like you said, it was cohesive. It was it was supposed to look a certain way for a specific reason. There's no reason for this. This is just awful.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the the game itself has problems with how it works. So uh, go, the holes are basically uh, a T, a hole, and then the squares between them uh, that you put uh, train. You know, you put various train features on, right? Like sand traps or rough or green. However, yep. they don't calculate it correctly because they calculate it only based on the whole – the squares that I designate. So I can make a hole – a super difficult hole that it will consider easy because you don't actually select any of the water hazards. Or you can make a super hard co- uh, course or, or a super easy course that's considered hard or a wide course that's considered narrow and it just doesn't make any sense. And like I mentioned it's procedurally generated. A lot of what made Sim Golf so good was that every single one of the maps was was handcrafted. It was designed to be an interesting, you know, an interesting, interesting challenge
1: as opposed to just random nonsense that may or may not it, completely ruin what you're trying to do. Yeah,
0: well, it's not even ruin what you're going to do. They're all just flat squares. Like they're all just empty squares with with some some rolling terrain on them and it's It's, and it's not, and it doesn't feel done, and they put it out of early access, like, because they weren't making enough money on it. And it's just, I'll I'll read the last line of my review of it, which is, as it stands, this game isn't just a disappointment for falling short of Sim Golf's lofty, whatever. It's a failure on its own merits. It's an ugly, poorly thought out, boring game with an unpleasant UI. It's not worth buying at full price. It's not worth buying on sale. Don't waste your time or your money on this execrable product. <laughs> Harsh. Uh, it is it is like it's not a disappointment. It, it it is a heartbreak. I mean because
1: it it is I'm sorry. Because- I'm going to have to quote the beginning of this review because <laughs> um Sim Golf is one of the greatest tycoon style games of all time and Resort Boss Golf urinates all over it while kicking it in the crotch and setting it on fire. Do not buy this game. Please, please, please do not buy this game. Yeah, you are I mean, a it, poet. I mean, the thing is, like,
0: I mean, I, I also said in the review, like, I don't necessarily expect it to be Resort Boss. You know, I don't necessarily expect Sim Golf 2, but if you're going to set yourself up as a spiritual successor... At least understand what makes that game good and try to replicate it. Like it's not; it it is both a disappointment on its own, on its own merits, but also for trying to set itself up as the successor to one of my favorite and one I consider one of the best games of all time.
1: Now, is that something that they actually announced themselves, or 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 is that just like something uh, you mean the Sim Golf, the
0: Sim Golf, the spiritual successor thing?
1: Yeah. I th- I think they danced
0: they definitely said it was inspired by I don't necessarily know that they said superior okay. sequel.
1: Okay. But. So I guess we gotta um we gotta kinda step things up because we're running yeah. out of time. So, we are running out um, of time. I'm going to I'm going to kinda say no um to Mario Maker two um because yeah. I think a lot of the problem with that is my own issue. Um I, I also dislike it, but I think I think the game
0: itself is good.
1: Yeah. I, I don't I, think it's I've,
0: I think it's that or pocket camp. I think it has to be one of those two. Resort, or, boss sorry, or r- resort boss or, or pocket camp.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. My argument against um resort boss being the biggest disappointment is yeah. that like looking at this game, I would never pick it up. Like I I can't I couldn't like you said you can't really be disappointed because it doesn't look that fantastic to begin with. It's not like but, you're going in with great expectations to have well, them. Well,
0: no, but. But I well, don't forget, I bought it like the day it released on early
1: access. I suppose that's true, yeah.
0: Um, but but also even just watching their video, they make it look like it's a better game than it is, and it's just, I I I, I am I am actually almost willing to 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 cede to you on Pocket Camp because it is also taking a name that I kind of like
2: and
1: crapping all over it. And um, and in in a worse kind of way because animal uh, it not only is it because it's like, Nintendo yeah Resort Boss Golf is kind of like hint hint nudge nudge this is like this game yeah and then because they got a ma- management tycoon golf game in the title it's kind of like they're they're kind of saying it but they're not actually saying it yeah this is made by Nintendo they're. They are banking on their own franchise, and they cut it off at the knees doing so, which is on really. On the other
0: hand, it's a mobile game, and very few mobile games are good.
1: Yeah, but I was kind of like, for me, the reason that this is disappointing, and you can tell me whether or not I'm justified in this disappointment. The reason that this is disappointed to me is I expected Nintendo to. To change the status quo about mobile games, to make something that makes me go, yeah, mobile games can be good. To actually like release something that, that like, cause, cause like for so long, Nintendo has been releasing, um, performance wise subpar consoles, right? The yep. Wii, the Wii U. And everyone always says these consoles are terrible. They have no performance. I can't even port my game onto it. And every single time, Nintendo has released titles that literally scream, nay nay you totally can make an awesome game on this console we do it all the time it's not that hard and they make beautiful games that that buck what people say about the situation they've always been masters at taking a um taking advantage of the performance of a system to its fullest and still making something good even with limitations at hand and i was expecting them to take the the mobile market by storm by creating really good high quality games that uh, reflect the nintendo name and and animal crossing um pocket camp and the other mobile titles that they've been recently putting out have not met that expectation
0: all right well i, I will say two things um I, first of all uh speaking of uh aspects of disappointment here here's something for you. I am literally I'm on the Steam page for Resort Boss Golf. I'm watching the little vi- you know that little trailer video that they have and that is making me want to play the game because it looks so much fun <laughs> despite the fact that I know that this game is a total steaming pile of garbage. So that right there tells me that this game could have been good because even the video even the little gifts that they have look fun. That Don't you hate spin? Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's what I mean. Like, you want to talk about this? Like, even the marketing materials look like it's a fun game. But if if you want to expand this to, if you wanted to expand the Animal Crossing to Animal Crossing, and Nintendo wasting the potential that they could have had, I I will pro- I would be willing to see that to you.
1: Yeah, well, I I can include Nintendo in this because it's not just Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing is kind of like the latest. Mobile. Yeah, Nintendo Mobile. We'll we'll make yeah. it Nintendo Mobile. Nintendo, your mobile department is the biggest dis- disappointment of 2019. No, that
0: I I I can be fair with that. Nintendo Mobile Department.
1: Please, Nintendo, make a mobile game that's actually fun to play. I want to put something on my tablet that I like to play. And Resort Boss Golf
0: being a very 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 close loser.
1: Absolutely. Runner-up so resort balls golf. This is not this is not a thing to be proud of. Resort balls no. golf.
0: <laughs> you only won because Nintendo was even more of a disappointment. Um. So next category is replacing la- the the previous couple years we had game nobody wants to hear about anymore. This time we're dealing with the take a break award, which is the reward for things we really want people to stop doing. And I'm going to run down these, because I wrote most of these, and I also like the way I wrote most of these. So, uh, devs, please, devs, take a break from standing for the Epic Store and Epic Exclusives. Uh, For those of you at home who don't know what standing means, it means standing up for and supporting, and talking how awesome they are. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, because that's a dumpster fire, and they failed.
0: Absolutely. Paradox. Please take a break. Imperator was weak. Hearts of Iron Four was meh. Your DLC has been poor the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. You've had some great successes. Take it easy. Get your head back on your shoulders, and then jump back in the ring.
0: In in, in fairness to uh in fairness to paradox, they uh Crusader Kings 3, I believe, is coming out in either next year or the year after, and that's gonna be on a new engine, so they are at least starting over. Well uh-huh. um, so that might so be are, good. Yeah. Uh, I, Let's I hope think, that doesn't show time. up
1: on the biggest disappointments list.
0: We will find out. Um, early Access, please take a break. You are starting to lose all meaning. Uh, and we have several follow-ups to that. Choco Fish, please take a break with your knock-ons. Cataclysm DS, or DDA, sorry. Please take a break with your feature creep. <laughs> <A> <laughs> yeah, death- take it easy. A- <laughs> Death Stranding. What even are you? <laughs> Some sort of baby simulator.
1: <laughs> okay, so I must have misunderstood this category. Once you explained it, I kind of felt this horror because um, Death Stranding thing, I don't, I just, I don't know what it is. I, 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 don't, I don't, I have either. no clue. It's the is new this a game? game? I've seen footage of it. It's like high quality graphics. Of, like, babies in vitro, and that's that's so weird. It's, I, I just it's don't the,
0: know. It's the first game. It is a collaboration with Hideo Kojima, who made Metal Gear Solid, and the woman who did the art design for Silent Hill. Ah. So, yeah, there's that. Um, I don't know that it needs to take a break. I just don't understand what it
1: is. Yeah, uh, that's in the wrong category. I think um, maybe I'll fine. bring that up uh, later okay um uh, so let's um let let me let's go down
0: some of the problems with early access lately yeah let's talk about that too many games spending years in early access too many games leaving early access too soon too many games getting ditched without feeling done is it hypocritical to complain about this in a lot of our previous episodes this is why we can't have nice things
1: (laughs) that's pretty Um, much it in a nutshell i i do feel like People forget what the purpose of early access is, yes there are too many people who are using it as a way to make money yep. by having constant uh, having constant scrutiny and no one and uh, assuming that that people don't think it's done, so people are constantly involved, which uh, in I, some cases just leaves games in limbo indefinitely I
0: think two years should be the absolute max you are in early access. Um, unless, unless you have a really good reason, like, you know, if, if you get sick and can't work for six months, like I, I understand you keeping it in there longer, but like if you aren't to a point where you're within two years of finishing your project, of at least finishing it to a point that the game feels like I could walk away and say, yes, I, I feel that what I've paid for is what I've gotten. You are not ready to be selling your game. you just aren't. Yeah. And people are, people are abusing this. I mean, the, the resort Pass call is a great example. They were originally saying that was gonna like even on their roadmap it looked like they had another two years to go and then they dumped it after four months. Like that's not okay.
1: No, it's not. And <clears throat> and uh it's telling how poorly the game came out. Games should be finished. And I think in, in a lot of ways early access can be a bad thing um if you have poor planning skills. You yeah. need to have a roadmap and you need to stick to that roadmap in early access because you can either A, be uh, waylaid by your own fans who will take over your project and make you do things you don't really want to do. So you have to yeah. stick to that roadmap or conversely, you don't build the roadmap and you just linger in limbo forever because you just you, – you have no structure to what you're trying to do.
0: Yep, and and I mean, even uh, what is it, Cogmind, a game that you and I both like. A developer that you and I both like is is scratch is just over two years in in uh, in, uh, in in early access, and and he says that, and I agree with him that even when he put it on Steam, it was basically done um but he's just been adding and adding and adding and adding and adding but at some point it's like just call it done like if you want to keep adding that's fine but just call it done
1: yeah call it because, done it's, because it's 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 done this this game is brilliant it's beautiful um it's yeah. really good but it's i think also at some done. point
0: I think at some point it's people are people have reached the point that they are scared of it because too many people went into early access back when it seemed like a great idea. And they've seen so many things leave early access and bomb that they're just scared to put, you know, to, to take that risk. And I am and, sympathetic to that.
1: And there's also that 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 problem of the fact that there is a problem with that. When a game yes. leaves early access, it can get um just kind of like ignored or forgotten because. The community around the game that was in development that they were supporting dries up hey, and absolutely, and also some of them aren't done that's true too yes, but uh, it, it's, it's
0: a it's a fine line it's a fine yes. line, and the i mean we've already talked enough about the epic store, but devs shut up. you are not making the case better, and many of you are making it much uh, the 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 caves of cud guys, especially like made me actively dislike them and their product after some of the things that they were saying about the epic store. Because they were Let's basically saying that. that there was I mean they were basically saying that anybody who didn't buy it on the Epic Store didn't care about devs making making money and were selfish.
1: And oh, no yeah. I yeah. I pay,
0: I paid fifteen dollars for your game or whatever it is, twelve dollars. I'm happy you know, if you want that extra dollar fifty, fine. But I'm not selfish for paying my money to your game. And I'll tell you what, if I had heard you say that before I had passed my refund time, I would have absolutely refunded my game over that. Because that is dis—that is a disgusting attitude to
1: have. I, I agree. It's, it's kind of uh, sad that um, even the developers are getting greedy. The pursuit of money seems to be um, a hindrance to the development of games because... When mm. the the game well, industry started, people were, it's were a making hard games. Balance. Well, yeah, well, it is ca- a hard balance. I mean, no. Um,
0: my, games have always been about pulling money for me. That's why we have Gauntlet. It's why we have Dragon's Lair. <clears throat>
2: yeah,
0: but... <sighs> the, the thing is, the things that get the most money out of you are also the things that are good. And you need to have both. Like, you need to make a good product if you then want people to pay for it.
1: No, I agree with that. It's, it's people the, it's, should be rewarded for.
0: Um, it's, it's the it's the same as the piracy argument. Like, if your game was good enough to be worth paying for, people wouldn't pirate it. I mean, some would, but there would be less of it.
1: Yeah, but the the problem with that though is there there are people there don't value a product regardless of of whether Absolutely, or not they but want I, it.
0: But I think I think there are many pirates who also pay for things that they think are worth it.
1: Yeah. and I think it's
0: and I think it's the same with the Epic Store stuff. If you made if if the Epic Store was worth paying for, and your product was worth paying for, I'd have bought your product, and I might have even bought it on the Epic Store. But they are, but the Epic Store is a travesty, and you guys telling us that we're evil for not wanting to pay for it, that cuts a little bit sharp. <clears throat> uh, chocolatefish I don't think has reached the point of really needing to take a break yet, but and I am starting. I mean, this is three in, or, or so they had a uh, stardew valley which is basically as trevor call our our, our former sound engineer trevor called it a uh, a knock-on it's a knock-on of harvest moon this year they put out war groove which is basically advanced wars mixed with um uh which is advanced wars and fire emblem put together i'm trying to remember what the third one is uh they had uh, that time spin thing
1: time Spinner. Uh, yeah.
0: Time spinners, which is also not great, but um uh Starbound, which is like which is basically terraria, although I mean it's by the guy who did terraria, so i i, I will cut them somehow, but yeah the, I mean this is three or four that they are on now, uh a Lost rebirth, which see, which looks to be very much like um a co- uh, like a four swords adventure. like they are they are getting dangerously close to feeling like they can't make a, come up with their own stuff, so they're just stealing other people's stuff. And don't get me wrong, Wargroove is a good game. Stardew Valley is a great game. But you are, you are getting very close to a line where I feel uncomfortable supporting you.
1: Yeah, I think <clears throat> they should really work on um, building something a little original yeah. um, and seeing what you get from that.
0: And in light of these, like the DDA feature creep i went back to the uh the actual official version and not the um the experimental version and, and that one feels a lot better but the experimental version they are putting in some just insane stuff that they're just getting so finicky about a lot of things it's just it's, it, it is really unpleasant to play sometimes um yeah but i th- i think the early access has to win here i don't know if you disagree with me with something else but
1: no i think i agree early access has been um it's a problem. It is, and it, I'm not sure there's a, any quick and easy solution because there yeah. are some really good benefits to using early access uh, for your game. It gets it into people's hands earlier. Um, it allows. I don't you know have a problem with
0: people using it; just use it correctly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I think we got to move on. We, uh, we do.
0: <laughs> the one problem with not sitting at the same in the same room is we take a lot longer.
1: Yeah. All right
0: game I wish I liked more. Would you like to take this one?
1: Sure um I'll start with um Mario Maker Two for the reasons that we outlined above um yep. this game is great, but it's very hard to find reasonable levels of challenge. I find that um quite often it's one of two things when if you'cause the game like revolves around um uh community built content. It's either uh, woefully wait, easy. I'm sorry? Real
0: quick. Could you uh, do a rundown of what the four uh, are before you go into
2: too oh, much okay. more
1: explanation? All right. Let's see here. Um, games I wish I liked more. We have Mario Maker 2, Blazon Beaks, Oxygen Not Included, and Animal Crossing. Not the mobile one. That one is gross. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like it. So... Uh, um. I'll- you you want to lead in for Mario Maker two? Oh
0: no, I, I don't. I don't have anything. I just I thought you were done with it.
1: Yeah. So Mario Maker two specifically, uh, as as I started, mm-hmm. uh, Mario Maker two specifically, uh, because the content is community generated, mm-hmm. it's very hard to find a reasonable level of difficulty. There is no system in place to to balance the difficulty that you experience. No kind of ranking system to help. Ease you into greater difficulty, you will jump into either something brutally easy and practically pointless, or heaven forbid an auto run level that just yep. runs you through the level for you and shows you pretty pictures, or you will be murdered before you take your first step. It seems to be a flaw with that, oh, that the my community goodness just, goodness. yeah the the community just loves uh brutally hard or brutally easy levels and there's no in between yep. or at the very least um there's no system to help you to like find a good level of difficulty um that would grow with you which is what the original you know Mario games would do is they were carefully crafted so that as you yep. advance they got harder which is what made Mario good to get through
0: absolutely i'll take plays and breaks real quick uh, I could go through this in about thirty seconds. Blazing Beaks is that um, it's basically Nuclear Throne or um, uh, Enter the Gungeon, but with ducks. Uh, I wish I liked it more because I've dealt with the uh, creator on um, on uh, Twitter a couple times, and he actually put one of my suggestions in the game. But it's just it's not that good. It's it's okay. Uh, it just. It's it's a weak game. I I'm fine with playing it. I bought it for three bucks, but it's 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 okay.
1: Yeah, I mean the graphics look good. It's super cute, but yeah. um, if you can't I play Nuclear a,
0: Throne, play it, but it's not as good as Nuclear Throne.
1: I definitely something I should really pick up sometime, but yeah, I, I'm not compelled sale. to do so. Yeah, if you do get it on sale, yeah,
0: uh, oxygen not included. I think we could both. Oh, I, I could take that one real quick too. I assume you wish you like it for similar reasons to me. It's a really interesting game. It's it's, it's kind it, it is kind of a fascinating system, but it is bleak. It is very depressing to play, and it it can be stomach turning at times. Knowing that you were basically just trying to keep these people from dying, and yeah. that's not
1: that's not for the faint of heart. And it's uh, it's brutal. It is, and even in a, an emotional way, you and also you feel... very
0: complexing sometimes. Yeah. Very complex sometimes,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, very much so. And uh, I'll and take the what, last one. Yeah, what um, is, is
0: there two Animal Crossings?
1: Uh, well, I, you know, maybe I shouldn't have brought this one up. Um, I believe there's a new Animal Crossing coming out, and I don't think I'm going to pick this one up. This is an upcoming game, so I'm not oh, sure okay. it should even be here. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to pick it up because <clears throat> I I think that they'd have to really do something good with the Animal Crossing mechanic to compel me to come back because the last few animal crossing barring pocket camp which was even worse just didn't change up the the system enough to make it worth getting
0: absolutely i i I can i can understand that all right with that we're done with our negative categories uh let's head into our humorous slash special these are basically one-off awards except for uh Actually, we'll, we'll, I'll make this the first one. Except for our first award, which is not a humor slash one-off award. Uh, dumbest non-traversy or hot to take. Um, so we probably are starting to run lo- too long to where we can even go through all of these. But, uh, yeah, so I'm getting Tom- hungry. Tomes Cosmetic Skins DLC. People are mad that they put Cosmetic Skins into the game. Uh, it's a free game, or it can be a free game if you want. If you want to pay for it, it's 12 bucks. Um it's a three dollar DLC, and it's basically so that you don't have to donate to him. Uh, instead, uh, it's basically free. Uh, just the guy works really hard. He's super nice. He will even reach out to YouTube to ask them to whitelist you if they flag you because some of the music is is copyrighted, and he has a he owns the copyright to it. Uh, he's a super nice dude. Just give him the money. It's fine. He's a great guy. Just shut up. Uh, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, actually, I have a twofer for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, so, assassins are genetic, right? We all know this. Everybody who's played Assassin's Creed knows that assassins are a trait passed down from father to son or mother to son. Uh, assassin's Creed Odyssey DLC for uh, made the character have a child at the end of the game, <clears throat> Players who had been role playing as gay characters, because this is the first character uh, Assassin's Creed where you can have homosexual relationships, uh, f- basically accused that of being corrective rape, and freaked out. Um, well, here is the thing: it's
1: genetic. That, that doesn't work in the game. kind of should have known from the start because that's, that's your experience, not the game. The major, the major thing about the Assassin's Creed thing, uh, the Assassin's Creed game, is the fact that when you. You're playing it. You're playing it from the perspective of an ancestor. And if you die without having a child because you are gay, then you can't actually be a descendant genetically. And before you say anything else, no, you can't adopt a child either. They don't get your genetics that way and you can't use the animus to view their life. It breaks the entire lineage. It can't happen.
0: Well, they did change that because um, you can now do it just from DNA. You don't need it. It doesn't need to be genetic anymore. That's even stupider though. So let's we're just going to ignore that whole thing because Assassin's Creed fiction is idiotic. Uh, so we get yeah. an Assassin's Creed 2 first. So in the new Assassin's Creed, you can play as either a male or a female character. That's cool. Mm-hmm. People, get, people are getting mad and accusing players. You know, it's it's the usual trash. Oh, you're sexist. You hate women. Because they pointed out, because there's also a lot of the Greek soldiers in the game are female. And uh, at one point, your character uh, joins the Olympics. And um, people are mad because people are saying, well, the female uh, the female greek soldiers and, and bandits really break the immersion for me because they wouldn't be doing that and people are like it's a fictional game based in a fictional t- fictional time period and either there's magic and aliens and you're complaining about this and it's like well those are kind of two different things right like there's a difference between saying that a game is fictional and saying that a game is set in a time period that is still realistic and that irritates me in the olympics thing really irritates me like again Actually it irritates me less, but um, like if you're the hero of the story, yes, you should be allowed to do things that other people at that time weren't, because you're the hero of the story. Heroes should be bigger than the people around them,
1: and and you you can but, feel free to uh, take the creative license with your own character. Absolutely, but if, if the author of the game wants to be a little accurate in the rendition or not, yeah, uh, that's their prerogative.
0: Well, and people saying that it's – people saying that it's not accurate is, is different from saying that you shouldn't have women in the game. Some people were also saying that that's stupid. But let's let's at least be honest about what each side is asking for because this stupid war has gone on long enough. Let's at least be um, intellectually honest with each other.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, Dragon Quest Builders, I sh- I sent you this article, this one. Absolutely infuriated me, and it infuriates me because it was in a publication that's big enough that Nintendo might actually listen to this. And this is a guy saying that putting the Collecting Hearts and the Islands checklist in ruined the game for him because he just wanted all of the stuff in his Terra Incognita sandbox as soon as he finished the game. And I think that's idiotic because the Collecting Hearts is what makes that game good. The Island checklist, meh, but the Collecting Hearts is that game, and if you take that out, that game is pointless it's dragon quest builders one which is what he wanted
1: yeah and and um insisting that the uh developers remove incentive to do things in the game to perpetuate the story and to like have goals completely defeats the good thing that they're doing in this game that is incentivizing building yeah
0: also also people also as i pointed out to you you could tell that he was rushing through the game to get to the end of it anyway because uh the final island unlock is three thousand hearts, by the time I reached that part of the game, I had over twelve thousand, so it's not that hard
1: uh I've, and the last I've never struggled to get enough hearts to unlock anything in that game,
0: yep, and the last one is the uh I don't even remember oh ion Iron ion storm was the game uh ion fury um so there was a bottle in the game, because it's it's by the guys who made the original, um, the old school uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Not Duke Nukem Forever, but Duke Nukem 3D. Uh, and so there's a bottle in, sitting in there somewhere that says uh, Oil of O-Gay. You know, it's a parody of Oil of ole but also using the word gay. Uh, various websites, such as, say, Reset Era, freaked out and threatened to boycott the game unless they took that out. So the So the developers caved on it and took it out. Three days later, all the people who bought it said, well, I don't like the fact that you caved and took that out just because people on the internet put pressure on you. I'm returning my copy of the game. And the developer actually switched back and said, well, hey, guess what? None of the people who originally said they were going to boycott us did buy the game because we did this. The people who did buy the game did buy the game. We're putting it back in. And they did. Even better. They told people who didn't feel comfortable paying for that game to pirate it because they still wanted people to play it they very strongly believed in what they were doing and i respect them for that and the fact that people got so out of hand because somebody i can a pure, i joke. can
1: hand it to them listening to somebody who you think is reasonable because uh, you might not like reset era but a lot of people yeah. listen to them because they're a fairly big gaming yeah. group oh, and they're full of nuts well, yeah clearly but not not everyone sees it that way yeah. uh, you know saying okay this is offending people let's pull it out and then finding the backlash and and having the having the um the guts to say you know what this was a mistake let's go back to our original thing because we liked it clearly other people liked it and we were yeah. listening to the wrong people that was very fair of them
0: and I actually, hang on one second, I forgot which game, what the name of this game is, even though I just bought it a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, so the last, I, I actually forgot about this when I was writing down them, uh, the Atelier Riza Hourglass Controversy. Uh, people are mad because the newest character in the, the newest Atelier game in the franchise has a character with an hourglass figure who wears Daisy Dukes. People think that's disgusting because all of the previous Atelier games had girls who were uh, not particularly well-rounded. Um... Neither physically nor as characters. Boom, um, and so that is uh, apparently offending people. I don't just get it. Someone
1: I, has a different body type. That's actually just, a thing.
0: They're they, they mad that she was not uh, flat chested because they think that it's she's hypersexualized and that's disgusting. Uh, you know the usual reactionary garbage. Um, that's ridiculous. And here's the thing: all of you are losers. Moving on to the next category. <laughs> uh in honor of the dumbest non traversy, uh the Near Automata Honorary Award for Use of Physics, sponsored by My Sharanwi's Cheesecake Academy. Uh our two contestants are Dead or Alive Six and Atelier Ryza. It's going to Dead or Alive Six. They have Yeah,
1: we'll give the, we'll give that one to them.
0: They have the most physics.
1: The most uh, physics. So we the each roundest have roundest physics. Yeah.
0: Uh, we each have an award for fishiest game. Mine is going to Umihara Kawase Fresh, a game about a girl who is a um, wannabe sushi chef who goes around catching giant fish with her fishing pole that also basically work like the ninja hook from worms. And it basically looks like somebody smoked a lot of pot and then did a bunch of mushrooms and then did some LSD and then programmed a video game.
1: I'm going to be honest with you. Um, that one, uh, yeah, no, I, I just didn't get it. I watched I about either. 15 minutes of you playing that and just logged off of Twitch. <laughs> it's <laughs> I, it's super lost. weird,
0: but it's kind of fun.
1: Okay, and um, mine uh, for this specific um, category was The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, because Windfish.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you meant right, because they added a fishing minigame.
1: No, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's a fair I point. Mean, it was either going to be that or um the uh, latest uh fishing game from what is it, Rapella? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I almost uh- did that to you, but then I thought I'd be a nice human being for a change. I appreciate it. All right, so <laughs> we have
0: a game I most wish I could play and we each have two for this. Uh, I'll let you do yours first.
1: Okay. Um I'm throwing out there I'm I'm being a little ironic with this. So uh actually okay. why don't you do your first one and then I'll follow up okay. with one of mine and we'll alternate.
0: Kingdom Hearts three. Uh I bought a PlayStation 3 so that I could play Kingdom Hearts 3. It didn't come to the PlayStation 3. It came to the PlayStation 4. I don't own a PlayStation 4. I don't see a reason to because I own a Switch and a PC. There is rumor that it might eventually come to the PC but it's been 14 years since the second one came out can we please finish this game already <laughs> and let um, me
1: play it i i'll follow that up with uh smash brothers ultimate mostly mm-hmm. because i stink at that game and the yeah. first time i played online i was horribly massacred and oh, felt that's really what you bad mean. about
0: it you wish you could play well yeah well close <laughs> enough fair enough
1: uh, how about MechWarrior? Is that, isn't that that out yet? No, it's not out yet. It comes out okay. next month, and I okay. really want to so play you, it. Maybe I, yeah, I won't that, buy anything and just get MechWarrior when it comes out.
0: That That's sort of where I am with uh, Taiko no Tatsujin Green. I think it's Green Edition, but I'm going to call it Green Label. Um, so Taiko no like Tatsujin, that's that drumming game that I bought for the Switch, which I like. Um, green Label is only in arcades in Japan, but it has uh, Kizuna Eyes first uh single on it and i would like to play that for that uh we'll get back to kiss and i in a few minutes but uh no i really i really would like to play that because i've liked the last one i was actually shocked by how much i enjoy it uh so moving on to honorary red dead redemption award for game that least needed a sequel <laughs> red dead redemption 2 yay i think red dead redemption was an okay game but the amount of phrase heaped on it is silly And the sequel, I may try it at some point, but it's, I I was not super interested in. Uh, And then we have the Honorary Red Dead Redemption Award for Best Late Title Card, uh, which goes to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which pops up the title of the game 10 and a half hours into playing the
1: game. I think that might be considered a little too late. (laughs) The
0: game is supposedly 150 hours long, so, or can be, so I think they're doing okay.
1: Well, Okay. First tenth of the game. Wow. So d- next we have the
0: we don't need a best song category because Ballad of the Windfish will win by default category.
1: And that's one uh, by Ballad of the Windfish.
0: Actually, here's the thing. The new Ballad okay. of the Windfish <laughs> The new Battle of the Windfish is not as good as the one on the Game Boy. If you want to talk about biggest disappointment, that is my biggest disappointment of the year. But you don't even know, own this game. How do you know how it sounds? I have heard it on YouTube. I looked it up on YouTube because I was so excited because that is. You in can't my trust opinion, YouTube. Okay. In well, they okay. I'll I'll wait and listen.
1: But in my yeah, in I'll, my, I'll finish this game up and then I'll report in.
0: In In my opinion, Ballad of the Windfish is the best song of all time.
1: Uh, in Zelda, I, I have to admit, I am um, really enjoying the music in this game. Um, it's it's up there. It is good at best in the, in the Zelda franchise maybe Twilight Princess has some beautiful music. It um, does. the only thing uh, i think is better is the the music the sound direction in uh, Breath of the Wild but what we we'll move and on. I, and I, and i actually had in my
0: notes that uh in hindsight the reason that i love Toho so much is uh the the song Phantom Ensemble both sounds and looks in the game like the like how like it does when you open the windfish egg. Uh also uh Taiko no Tatsujin has um zakira Bad Apple, uh, the theme song from Your Name, and a song by the Blue Hearts, which is a Japanese punk band that hasn't been relevant for about fifteen years, but I love and was shocked to see in that game. Um,
1: so I'll, okay, I'll, so we've we've stumbled into uh, Josh's um, obscure J-pop fetish. So yep. we're gonna move on now.
0: Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> speaking speaking of Josh's obscure J-pop fetish, uh, game I most enjoyed not playing. Mario and the Quest for the Golden Pinecones, which you may better know as Inside. Now, Luke, how much do I hate Inside and Limbo?
1: Uh, I I remember some screaming. There was yes. screaming. You so, really don't like those games.
0: Would it shock you if I told you that I sat down and watched somebody play through eight and a half hours of Inside almost back to back?
1: Why would you do this to yourself?
0: Because kizuna I is the most adorable human— non. The most adorable thing on YouTube, uh, and she it's, played through all
1: of it. We we can um you know we can break the barrier here. Um, there is no k yeah. Um, it's a human being using it is,
2: a face But, but
1: uh, <laughs> we can actually, break the k Josh. We can actually, break the k
2: But the thing, <laughs> is,
0: like no, but the thing is, I can't think of her as a human being because she is pla- She plays the character so well they're very careful about nobody's ever actually seen the actress or nobody even knows who the actress is that I can, I am comfortable calling her, her calling her, a, her own thing. And it's, it's really you know, weird. Cause, but so I, I really like kiss and eye for those of you who don't know what that is. It's a Japanese character who pretends that she is, well, the character is an AI, but it's a person pretending to be a character in an anime style. And she's just super cute and adorable, and she played through "I am bread," and she pronounces it "I amu bradu." So that in and of itself is kind of cute. So go uh, check out one of, of her videos.
1: Most of that is in Japanese, but there are subtitles. It's very it's entertaining subtitles. if you uh, are a bit of a fan of Japanese culture. Um, and, it's very cute. and
0: cute things. Um, and and she's actually now becoming famous because she's actually doing actual like songs. It's the whole the whole kids and I think is weird. Also, she's one of the. Uh, ambassadors for the olympics which is
1: also weird oh yeah i heard about that i wonder how that's going to turn out well that's very interesting let's move on okay what's what's the next category Luke? uh game that i hope will influence the next generation of game design which sounds more serious than we're actually going to take it um we're going to throw that at duskers because i love to I actually, some duskers that game is awesome
0: I'm, I'm also going to say uh dragon quest builders 2 which i forgot to write down but
1: yeah i I agree with that as well those both yep. those both uh, pick up um so many good ideas on how yep. to make a game in fact the Dragon Quest builders line I have to admit is a novel take instead of like uh, just doing recreations of the Dragon Quest games which I think they're doing yep. or they have done doing like a semi sequel that runs parallel or slightly off from the first and second games and hopefully they'll do a third one. Was yep. brilliant. I think it yep. was a beautiful concept and um, adds um, so much uh, detail to um, the story of Dragon Quest.
0: Absolutely, and uh, and Duskers is really cool because it it manages to instill um, tension and terror through solely through the limited use and limited speed at which you can operate. It's really interesting. It's like borderline survival horror.
1: It's very good. It is, and you. you it does have some the, really awesome things.
0: It does, and you have a dev off the rails category.
1: Yeah, these are just uh, a <clears> couple <throat> of comments we want to make to some of the really wacky stuff that we've seen. Uh, not just devs, but um, publishers as well. People, uh, companies doing really weird stuff that we wish they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and Nintendo, you forayed boldly into a new area, and you've tried the mobile market. You have failed. (laughs) Move back to where you belong. You make great consoles and great console games. Focus on that. Get out of the mobile market. Please.
0: You failed. Do not pass go. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Uh, What's the other one? Because I don't
1: know what you're talking about. (laughs) I just, I just wanted to comment on the fact that there was a time when Blizzard was a great game company that made wonderful games, and then Activision bought it. Activision, I, I want my Blizzard Star- back. Starcraft Two is pretty good. Yeah, Overwatch is pretty
0: good.
2: Uh, uh, I like
0: Overwatch. Uh, uh, you d- I, I think Overwatch does some really clever things in with that kind of game.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'll say that. Overwatch is a pretty good game. Um, I, think I actually that, think
0: Blizzard is the one company that, sur- that has survived Activision.
1: Yeah, although... To that to Port Neversoft. I mean, uh, Blizzard did get into a lot of trouble for mm-hmm. the uh, tournament um, kerfuffle yeah. with uh, China recently, yeah. um, which has really badly hurt them. But hopefully that's the worst we're going to hear from them for a while. I just don't... I really wish Blizzard <clears throat> had stood on its own. And not been bought by um, a big company. Uh, you're you're right though. I there's been much worse horror stories. And if they had shuttered Blizzard, if they had just absorbed it or destroyed it, it would have been a true travesty. Well, here here
0: here's something really t- really hilarious when you think about it. Activision didn't buy Blizzard. Blizzard bought Activision. Really? It, it, well, technically, it was Blizzard Vivendi. And then they merged with Activision and Vivendi dropped out. So it became Activision Blizzard. So technically they are one, one third of a partnership
1: that is now only two people. Yeah. Uh, It's just, uh, yeah, I know. I know, I know, I know. Mm. I just like to think of Blizzard as the underdog. Don't, don't disrupt my. You're, you're not wrong. They,
0: they are definitely, well, they're not so much the underdog so much as they are the one novel group in that, in that,
1: Company. Yeah. They had, Cause uh, they everybody still else have some great franchises. I would love to see what they do next. And yep. something original would be great because everyone's rehashing everything. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to what would be the mouthwash if this was a normal show, but it isn't because as we told you at the top, this is our top five games of the year. Uh, Just a little peek behind the curtain. It has been a couple days or possibly weeks, uh, depending on how you, how you deal with time. Uh, So we actually managed to get a couple extra games uh, tested and played and onto our lists. Um, You know, ordinarily, I don't like to do peek behind the curtain stuff and acknowledge continuity breaks, but I figured it it was worth doing because, um, one of those games came out in the interim, it would probably be a little bit difficult to hide.
1: Anyway. Yeah, and especially considering the fact that, that this game is actually on my list now. So, hooray!
0: Yes. And since we took that break, I also want to acknowledge real quickly that uh, some of our criticisms about Oxygen Not Included are uh, invalid since the new release. Uh, so I will uh, eat a little bit of crow about that. But I still think that in general, our opinions about it still hold firm. Uh, so with that... Let's get into our top fives. And the rule as of the last few years, and I think I'd like to stick with it, is each of us have done five game, our, our five favorite games of the year. And then we would like to narrow that down to the three games for the site. Correct. And I think two of these will be fairly easy. One of them might be a little more difficult.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: All right. So with that foreshadowing, uh, Luke, how about you go first?
1: Okay, I'm going to start with my number five, and that's going to be Slay the Spire. Uh, in truth, the person who's been playing this game the most has been my wife, but she's been getting a great deal of, of play out of it. She's reached the end of the game. She's completed all the tasks and she's had a blast doing it. And I have had a hand in playing uh, the game as well. I can see why it is so very popular. There is a lot going on. It seems simple, but there's a lot of depth complexity Uh, for a card style combat game. It's, it's very, very good. And it has a unique story to it. Strange theming. That's kind of dark. The graphics. Very the, much so. The graphics and the art, uh, reflect that. And it's, it's just an experience to play with so many neat little twists. It makes it worth playing. Definitely my number five, Slay the Spire. I agree
0: with you on that. Uh, could you? So my number five game of the year, and I actually, I feel like there's actually a pretty big jump from my number five up to my number four, which I think, you know, goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier in the show about, you know, me feeling like this game has been a year of kind of disappointments. Um, Bloodstained. And we already talked about it a little bit. This is a game that is the spiritual successor to Castlevania by the guy who did Castlevania. It is a very good Castlevania game. It basically plays like Symphony of the Night. It still feels a lot like Symphony of the Night. I think Symphony of the Night is one of the greatest uh, video games of all time, and I think I am very much not alone in that. But Bloodstained is not as good as Symphony of the Night. The artwork still is a little weird. The the 2D, 3D mix makes it a little bit difficult to see some of the stuff that's going on, uh, and it makes some of the boss fights far more difficult than they need to be. That said, it's a lot of fun. I love Castlevania-style games. Uh, Dead Cells, unfortunately... uh, missed the window of opportunity. So this is sort of me trying to slide both of them in uh together, but I it is not it is definitely not my number one game of the year, but it definitely was a very good game this year.
1: Okay. So your number five pick is Bloodstained. Alright, moving on to number four. My number four pick is Mech Five. Now this one was the surprise uh last minute entry. Mech Five turned out to be an amazing Uh, return to form for the MechWarrior series completely unexpected considering the state of the MechWarrior franchise. Piranha Games somehow managed to get permission to make this title. And while I don't think they completely knock it out of the park, they don't do much new with this. It is a very faithful return with uh, some improvements. I think I remember reading one reviewer who I really wish I could remember who it was who said this, but they said that it's not uh, making dreams come true, but it is bringing those dreams back. And I feel like that's accurate. It brings back all my nostalgia for the Mech Warrior series without like uh, completely knocking my socks off. So it definitely belongs on my list as far as I'm concerned. Feel like they could have done a bit more with it. So my number four pick is... MechWarrior Five.
0: You had mentioned the the nostalgia part of it. Um How much of it? How much of your love for MechWarrior Five? You know, if you were not a MechWarrior fan to begin with, do you think this is good enough that will it will convert somebody who is not a MechWarrior fan?
1: Uh I I'm not sure that it it needs to convert a MechWarrior fan, but I do believe that. It's worth playing for anyone who is new to the series, because we have okay. Battletech recently, and that is right. that is a beautiful game. I love Battletech, and I feel like MechWarrior is a great companion to that. So so I would say this. If you're new to MechWarrior and you don't play much of it, but you've tried out Battletech, and you're like, oh, this is kind of cool, and you like the world, play MechWarrior mm-hmm. 5, because it's okay. it's it's got a story, and it's first-person, big, stompy robots. It's so much fun. So it's it's definitely worth playing. And and you don't really have to be a nostalgic mech warrior fan to really enjoy it.
0: So if it's what you like, it's more of what you like.
1: Exactly. Yes. Okay. that's That, that was about what I was trying to figure out.
0: Okay. Uh, so my number four is a game that actually just came out a couple of months ago called My Friend Pedro. It's by the uh, Devolver Digital guys. Mm-hmm. It's by the guys who did, uh, oh, Enter the Gungeon, Hotline Miami. Oh, those guys. Uh, they did yeah. a bunch of. Yeah, yeah, they do a bunch of really stylish and really fast-playing. Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, Ape Out, which also came out this year when, and was very good. Yeah, they've they've done. Uh, oh, and uh, sort of Ditto and Downwell. So a lot of games that we have said a lot of very nice things about over the years. Uh, my friend Pedro is um really really cool and stylish and a little bit too hard. Oh, just just a little bit, but um it is i would say that it is devolver firing on all cylinders it takes all of the things they're very good at things that are really cool uh action games lots of style lots of art lots of good music a really really bizarre story uh and sort of marries it and it, it is a very very good game i had a lot of fun playing it it's sort of um it sort of plays like a like like a Hong Kong action movie, so you're sort of sliding and jumping and slowing down time and shooting people in the air, and you're being accompanied by a sentient banana, who is your friend, and Pedro. Interesting. Um Definitely it's
1: definitely Devolver Digital's levels of Zany there then.
0: It is it is that I mean I'm getting very close to saying that I think Devolver Digital may be the best indie development studio of all time.
1: Well, I that's think it, that's that that's uh that's a big say. I might actually second that, but I'd have to do some yeah. more looking, see what else is out there. Because, like, Chucklefish think- has done some really good stuff as well. I was so. going to say,
0: it, 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 it would be a fight between those two, but I think just in terms of the number of games that they have made that I've liked, I think uh, Devolver may
1: win. But, yeah, also... We have time to talk about all these awesome games that I know you have okay, a okay. lot to talk about. Josh's number four choice is... My friend, Pedro. Alright, and number three for me, uh, no surprise here is Monster Hunter World. This is another reason. Did that reason- come out this year? What? Did
0: that come out this year? <laughs> okay, <laughs> as long as you're admitting
1: that. I started playing this this year. As far as I'm concerned, it only really entered my world this year. And I, 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 if I had thought about it, if I'd played it last year, it would have been on the top of my list. Monster Fair Hunter enough. World is fantastic. It is so yep. good that just by playing it in front of my wife, she ended up getting a copy for herself. And we have both bought the Iceborne, uh, Iceborne expansion pre-release before it comes out, which I'm looking forward to talking about next year. This has been the most expensive game for us this year. <laughs> yep. Because I actually I can probably say I bought a graphics card for this game. That's how much I've spent for the sake of playing this game. It is beautiful. I agree with Josh that there are some, there's some visual noise. My wife also agrees with you on that aspect, but everything else about this game is beautiful. It is a great place to jump in if you're new to the Monster Hunter game and want to see what it's all about. Uh, I love the theme. I love the styling. I love. So much about this game, and it's taken a game which I was generally indifferent about but enjoyed playing and made it something I enjoy playing a lot. So
0: I agree, and I, and I think actually last year when we were talking about uh, Generations Ultimate, I said that you know that was the pinnacle of the old style of Monster Hunter, and the, the jury would be open about whether Monster Hunter World would be as good of a sequel. Um, and there are things I like about it less, but I think that yes, it is absolutely as good of a sequel, uh, as it needs to be. And in some ways, it's probably even better. So yeah, um, it's not on my list because it didn't come out this year, but I, I, I totally agree that it is, it is definitely one of the best games that I have played this year.
1: And I think, uh, it's definitely something I want to talk about in the future. Absolutely. It, in more depth. So. Absolutely. Luke's number three pick is Monster Hunter World.
0: Uh, So my number three, and this is one that I have really gone back and forth on, and I've actually moved it up and down my list several times, Fire Emblem The Three Houses. And I think it sits right in the middle because I think it is the one that I am most divided about, which is ironic since it's also a game about three houses divided against one another. So it's, it's kind of fitting so much of this game is great the fire emblem the fire emblem aspects of this game are some of the best fire emblem aspects you get to level up your characters which is brand new or you get to pick how your characters are going to level up and what jobs they're going to go into you can sort of guide them like a like a raising simulator which is great um you get to the the battles are great they've done some cool things to to change that aspect up there's a bunch of new stuff that they've run into there and it's It's all really good. The stuff in between the chapter, the stuff in between the fights goes on a little too long, and I'd really like to see the next one not have that. But, I mean, it is a great game, and I love Fire Emblem, and I have loved every Fire Emblem, and I love this Fire Emblem. So, my number three is Fire Emblem.
1: I'm going to turn around and ask you that same question you asked me about the MechWarrior franchise. Considering that you are a diehard (coughs) Fire Emblem player, do you think that this is a game that will convert people to fire emblem um i don't know um and i say that because
0: i see i have seen people that it has i think in some ways the fact that it is l- a lighter version of the fire emblem than some of them might actually be more appealing to some people but if you're looking for the best of the fire emblem i would say go to the the uh, fire emblem fates Okay. I, I would say Fire Emblem Fates is better, but this one actually might be easier
1: for people to pick up. Right. Okay. okay. So Josh's number three pick is. Uh, Fire Emblem again. <laughs> again. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So my number two pick is Dragon Quest Builders two. Now I had a lot of difficulty deciding on this, and my number one pick, um. And for some reasons that I will get into once I hit my number one. But I uh, am a fan of the Dragon Quest Builders series. Honestly, it's it's unusual because I'm not a fan of the Dragon Quest line of games. I I Mm -hmm. never really picked them up. But Dragon Quest Builders is very unique in its styling. And as we probably talked last year... Dragon Quest Builders 1 was, did we even talk about DQB 2, uh, DQB 1 last year? Very briefly, or I think it would be two years ago, but very briefly. Yeah. So the first Dragon Quest Builders game was, uh, an amazing re, reimagining of the Dragon Quest series. It doesn't, I mean, they're still doing Dragon Quest, obviously, but the mm-hmm. concept, the idea of, of making like a side quill, where it followed what happened after the first game and it was much more lighthearted and yet still deep. It was just a beautiful writing, very good game and it had great building mechanics. Dragon Quest Builders 2 builds on everything good from the, its predecessor and, yeah. and just makes it so much better in every way there are ease of use improvements that that make just playing the game really easier and the story in this one was so engrossing once you hit like halfway through the game i mean i'm I, that sounds stupid I'm, I'm let me renege. the beginning of the game is good and it's it's engaging and it's fun and then as soon as you hit the third chapter which is roughly the middle of the game suddenly no. Everything goes completely nuts, and it is so good. And they tell you in a creative way exactly what's going to happen by the end of the game at the beginning of the game. They That's like true. They they tongue in cheek about like what you would expect to be the big twist by the end of the game, and then they throw it at you, and then they hit you upside the head with an even bigger twist, which they hide from you. In, and 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 the, the way they pull that off is so good. That this definitely belongs in my number two, and I'm almost sorry I'm not making it my number one. Luke, number two – oh, sorry. Were you going to say something?
0: I, I was going to say, I think we said something very similar to this in, in The in the Most Improved, but if we didn't, I'm, I'm going to say it here. Dragon Quest Builders 1 was a great premise and a great idea.
1: Dragon Quest Builders 2 is a great game. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree. Luke's number two pick is Dragon Quest Builders 2. So my number
0: two um, is Luke's number five, which is uh, Slay the Spire, uh, and I'm going to say a lot of the same things that, that Luke did. Um, so we'll, we'll take that as assumed, and then I'm also going to say that the balance of building a customer, building a uh, deck-building game that feels fair and balanced throughout the whole game is extremely challenging, and the fact that they managed to get the balance for the most part, right, in a way that doesn't ever feel like the game is screwing you over. Uh, I think that in and of itself is an accomplishment because uh, I have played many, many deck builders where it's like, that's not my fault. It's the game's fault. I'm, I'm going um, to interject
1: and, got, and, and yeah. I'm going to add to that as well from my perspective. I am not a, a very big fan of deck building games like this. Mm-hmm. And I wholeheartedly agree the fact that it was such a well-designed mm-hmm. card game earned a place in my list at all because i, I don't yep. go for those but it is so well done that i was able to recognize just how good that game was
0: and the other thing i'm going to say because i don't think luke has even touched this at all is uh there are some very very fun mods for it as well i've been playing a ton with the uh in fact the the second person i beat the game with was was the uh, modded uh because somebody out there has made like seven or eight different Toho decks. And I was very excited about that. Not all of them play perfectly well, but this one it does and is very balanced. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the fact that it is modded and there are people out there who can try it and get feedback about whether or not their decks uh, are reasonable and realistic or overpowered is also really awesome. And, you know, a good, well-balanced deck builder is great. A good, well-balanced deck builder that more people can add things onto is even better. And, uh, yeah, I don't see any reason not to put it as my second best game of this year. So anyway, your number one. Oh, sorry. My number two is Slay the Spire.
1: Woohoo. All right. What's, what's your number one, Luke? My number one <clears throat> is actually, um, as much a surprise for me as probably anyone else there. Lakes Awakening Remastered. Although I think I I'm said. I'm not a, surprised. <laughs> I think I did say a lot about it in the, in the preview, uh, and the preceding parts of this, uh, end of year spitball cast. I loved this game. It was a game I hadn't played before, but I knew it was really good. And the way they re-engineered it and they didn't just copy it, it was just, it's just so good. It looks gorgeous. I don't have much more to say because I kind of covered it all already. its yeah. It's just a good game. It was always a good game and... It's one of the best reboots I've seen in a long time, as far as, especially with the, with a lot of the Zelda games that have come out that were uh, HD remakes that are just like better textures and maybe a few better models, but the game itself is yep. untouched. This has so much more added onto it. It's like they built the game from the ground up, but exactly like the original was. And it's so good. So good.
0: Well, and this is why I was sort of setting it up with MechWarrior 5, but I mean, kind of the same question of if you had not, or if you had played it, uh, you know, back on the Game Boy, do you still think it would be your number one game of this year?
1: I think so. And, and primarily okay. because like. It is, it is that good. It, it is that good. And okay. I, I always look for that reboot that is a little more than just like i said a reskin i want yep. something with a little extra meat something that looks good i i could see myself having played the previous games and gone oh man they're remaking this seen a couple of pictures and like bought the game knowing that i'm going to revisit every single dungeon and boss and see just what kind of cool stuff they did to make it look cooler look better yeah cuz it's it's not a reskin it's i'm not i'm expecting more True. and and there was more there.
0: Fair enough. All right. So your number one game of the year again is? Link's Awakening Remastered. Fair enough. Um, and mine, speaking of a little bit more meat, is going to be the Alc. no, just kidding. Uh, I think about everybody already kind of has figured out what my number one game of the year is going to be. And it's Dragon Quest Builders 2. And again, I mean – I hate the fact we, we really should stop doing it in this order because you've already said all of the awesome things about it. But um,
1: <laughs> Well, we probably and, should have planned out what order we are going to do this in to well, I, get the most out I of it. I even just mean in general. We have kind of
0: already said all of the amazing things about Dragon Quest Builder 2 well, in the I last
1: think, Yeah, I think we've talked about Dragon Quest Builders in this thing like four times now between yeah, the two and, of us.
0: And that's what I mean. It's, it, it's not a surprise that it won because uh, – it, Such a solid game. It just is. It's a like great be- it, solid it game. Is the, yes, it is the best game I have played this year, bar none. I put, I've played that game for 220 something hours, much of the time during weeks where I was working 50 to 60 hours a week. I, that game absolutely enchanted me. It does all of the things that I've wanted in a game for years. It did them the way that I wanted them done. It looks beautiful. It plays beautiful. I think the only, only even slight knock that I can give against it is after about 200 hours, I've started to get a little bit bored with certain particular aspects of building it and had to walk away for a little while before I came back with some new inspiration. But, you know, if you could put 220 hours into a game before getting bored with it, I think that says good enough things about it in the first place. So, yeah, my number one game of the year, the best game I have played all year is Dragon Quest Builders 2, and there's nothing else I can say.
1: I agree. It is a fantastic game.
0: And with that, let's get our knives out and find out about what our top three game, the Spitball Sessions top three games of the year are going to be.
1: Okay, I second that. So, what's number three? Mac <sighs> Warrior Five. Well, okay, enough said.
0: <laughs> See, I was actually going to say I'm, I'm not actually sure there's anything on my list that I'm going to fight for for number three, but I I would probably be willing to put like, Awakening* remastered as number three. I, um, don't I can't. Sp- know. I can't speak for it as. Well, because, I mean, let's be honest. I, you and I both have Slay the Spire and we both have Dragon Quest Builders 2. And I, let's, let's work backwards then. Okay. I cannot see any reason that Dragon Quest Builders should not be the Spitball Sessions game. Of the year. Like, it is, it is the best game of this
1: year. I agree. Considering how high it is on both of our lists, that it, I yeah, wholeheartedly I've, agree. Dragon Quest Builders 2 deserves to be.
0: Yeah. And the fact we couldn't go a full category without talking about, uh, babbling about how much we liked it like little children. <laughs> like, yeah, it absolutely deserves to be like Dragon Quest Builders 2 reminded me of that. Time. Remember when a couple years ago when we were talking about Super Mario Odyssey and just how I could not stop
1: babbling about it like a little child? Like, yeah, just gleeful. It's, yeah. it's that. So, like, so let that me ask you, game that, yeah. let, let me ask you a question. Do you think it is either on the list or on the top of the list of your? best games of the decade because it's the end of the decade too it is definitely on the list definitely on the list i think i can it would second definitely that. be
0: on my list if i was doing a game you know if i did, if I did one game for each year it would, it would definitely be on there uh, yeah i mean i don't know that's a really la- a really hard question to even answer i think i'd have to do another entire show about that but i mean yes yeah, just off the top of my head i think it would absolutely be on the top of that list or, or at least on that list
1: yeah, You're at the top of that list. I, I'm not sure I would put Dragon Quest Builders 2 on the top of the list, but it definitely deserves a spot fairly high up. Yeah. It, I, I would say it is definitely one of the best games of the past 10 years.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So if we're working backwards, what's number two for you? I mean, I'm kind of, I'm still kind of sticking with Splay of the Spire. If you want to push that to number three, I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to talk, but I think it definitely belongs on the list. <sighs> Let me see.
1: Uh, Splay of the Spire... You know what? Uh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm actually going to be magnanimous in okay. understanding the fact that MechWarrior 5 may have, I, I like, I'd love to have MechWarrior 5 higher, but I do agree with you in the fact that Slay the Spire is on both of our lists. Yep. And it is a unique title that, that has drawn both of our attention and love. So I am willing to say, Slay the Spire does deserve number two. If you're willing to give me Mech Warrior five for three, I was going to say. I think also your wife would probably put Slay the Spire on the thing. Um, yeah, she probably would because she loves that game. That's she 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 alternates daily between playing um Monster Hunter World and Slay the Spire. Yeah, I know. Um, so my one
0: thing about about Mech Warrior Five Overlink's Awakening is oh, it's yeah. not even in the top
1: three of your list.
0: Yeah. There it's is, not even above a game that came out this year. There,
2: or, well, or it's not
1: even above a game that didn't come out this year. The, the only reason I really didn't put it higher is because I I didn't feel justified in pushing it up because I hadn't played it very much. Because I just got it, you know? I know. Um, but I do think it's good. I do think it's, it's worth a place on there because it is a very faithful MechWarrior Mercenaries game and i think it does everything i would want like it does the bare basics of of what you would expect from a MechWarrior campaign style game and without adding on loot boxes or crazy um microtransaction stuff as well which i am so happy for well you do need the, the epic store so there is that aspect ah yeah i know that's <laughs> uh, 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 well, so, you,
0: you, you've got me in a, between a rock and a hard place here because i see where you're coming from with MechWarrior five on the other hand i mean and i'll be honest i don't think any of my other three are in a place where i think they are so ama- i mean my friend paid her actually but again that's my number four below uh fire yeah. emblem which is a game i really could not fight to be on number three because i love it but it's still not the best fire emblem game
1: yeah, and, um, and, like, Fire Emblem's not even on my radar. Um, well, yeah,
0: but it's it's not a game you'd like. But, uh, I mean, the problem is I already know that Link's Awakening is great. So there's part of me that's tempted to put say that should be on there because Link's Awakening is great. But I haven't played Link's Awakening Remastered, and I know you really like Warrior. So I am kind of
1: tempted to give uh, it to you. Let, let me stop and think for a second. Um, you know what? I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say let's make it Link- Link's Awakening Remastered. Because they're both kind of like revamps of an existing franchise. True. In reality, Link's Awakening Remastered is 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 so much more of an improvement of its predecessor, whereas Mac Warrior 5 is more of a faithful remake. And last but not least, Piranha Games, you wounded me. Why did you have to take Epic's? Uh, I know why they did it. It was just too big a deal, but like, it, and, it's yeah, just, that's sort it's why such I'm... sleazy business that EA, not EA, Epic, Epic did um, to get just for exclusivity. Couldn't you yeah. have just let them be on both platforms? It would have been so much better for Piranha Games if they were on both platforms. But no. Yeah, no. And but I'm ranting. I'm and sorry. It's hard to
0: even be mad at the developers for that. I mean, it... It is Epic's fault, and it is one. You know, at the end of the day, it's Epic's fault. So I it don't is Epic's fault, but
1: um, I, I, I almost want to say that it it does hurt the game. It hurts oh, sure the game it because it is behind Epic's platform in an exclusivity deal for an entire year.
0: Yeah, and I will also say this: two days after you bought Mac Warrior Five. You went and pulled out your Mech Warrior two discs. Two days after you bought Link's Awakening remastered, you did not call me up to ask to borrow my copy of Link's I, Awakening.
1: Uh wow. Well, I, I can't I can't argue that. I actually found this. It was sitting in, in on the floor of I don't even know why. It was on the floor on my landing for my stairs. I just saw it I'm like, Hey, what's that doing your there? Cats? Your cat was playing Warrior in the middle of the night. It must have been. It was very weird. I haven't even tried to install it yet, but I I see where you're coming with that. Yeah. uh, So, okay. We'll we'll say that right now our top three games, Spitball Sessions' top three games of 2019 are Link's Awakening Remastered at number three, Mm -hmm. Slay the Spire at number two, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and Dragon Quest Builders 2. At number one I agree. an honorary winner Chrono Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. Number zero is Chrono Trigger. <laughs> this has been spitball sessions. Uh, best yes, games I'm- of 2019. That one easy. And Josh, Josh, you have something to say.
0: I promised a wrestling promo to close out the show, and I have a wrestling promo to close out the show. I've been hearing over the last few months, maybe even the last full year, that people are saying that Spitball Sessions is over. Well, Spitball Sessions ain't never over. Spitball Sessions is for life. And without us, without Spitball Sessions in the wings, video gaming and podcasting will be boring. So... Luke and I have an announcement to make. Luke, why don't you take the announcement?
1: We're coming back, baby.
0: We're coming back, baby. And we haven't quite figured out how. We haven't quite figured out when or where. But you guys will be the first to know. And you guys will be the first to hear. And we promise you that it is going to be awesome. But till then, in the great words of Kenny Omega, goodbye and good night. Bang. <laughs> Three, two, one, Contact. and welcome back to. What?
1: <laughs> go ahead, go, go, go. Uh,
0: I'm going to mention since I forgot, since I had actually just played it for the first time two days ago. Um, Ape out as well, also a very good game by them. Uh, well, let's Came focus on our, our
1: top top five list.
0: All right. I was probably focusing on the games of this year.
1: Well, like right. you said, we've already got three hours of content.
0: <laughs> two and a half now. <laughs> two and a half.